There we go. The chinsters on. Yep. I think we're ready to go. Do some more music. Here's some music for you. I certainly do not mean stew. Yeah, boy. Keep it in real. Switch that console off before you have to press repeat, yo. No, I don't know, Duke. I kind of liked it. Hello, and welcome to show 186 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. Yay, 186. Oh my god. Oh just, my I've, god. No, listen, I've just gone on the website. 51 spam comments. Oh uh, my uh, god. Moderation. I've not been on for a few days and look what happened. Put up in your ass. Oh well, my god. Oh my god. They're like those bloody weeds in Animal Crossing. That's what it's no, like. Wait, just are these keep on articles or in this chat box? Well, they're all by someone called Red Dead Redemption PC, apparently. Jimmy, or are they on the articles PC? or are they in the chat box? No, no, they're on the articles. Thank you. So, so nobody else has seen them, and nobody would have ever no, thought no. about them until you brought it up. Well, 51, man, that's a lot. Stuart, you know how this works, right? There's robots that spend all their robots. time out spamming stuff. I know, but listen listen to one of the spam comments. says, great post, guys. This Halloween, my wife and I are going as Chun-Li and Ryu. I haven't mastered the Hadouken yet, uh, but did do some sit-ups this morning, so she'll be ready to go for the 30th. You also know how they're composed, right? Robots put together stuff from various video game websites, or if we had a politics blog, they would just be pasting in Obama and Boehner and Nick Clegg or whatever. It's all robots. Know, it's, There's no person kind of, putting these together. It's kind of a funny robot who says something like that. Oh, bless him. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, funny robots. <laughs> uh, thank you, funny robots. all called Red Dead Redemption for PC, so there you go. Um Yes, let's do some introductions. So, I'm the daddy, as always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we've also got Chinny. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Be quiet, like Chinny. Shut up. Actually, actually, I like that. I thought it was good. Leave him alone. And we've also got Duke. Buy my buck. What's up, everybody? <laughs> You're still doing that. Is it working? It is working, because they're talking about it on other podcasts now. <laughs> like, is it? Is that like the worst subliminal message ever? It, uh, subliminal means you can't tell that it's... <laughs> I know. I so just... it would be, as on The Simpsons, super liminal. Uh, yeah. I'm there he goes, hey, you, join the Navy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, so this is super liminal advertising every time. Buy my this. buck. But it's working a treat. Just real quick before we move on, I do want to say, because Greg DeLacy was asking about why should he buy it, what's it about, and Chinny said, thank you very much, Chinny. Stories about lots of different things. There's information. I'm going to post something on – I've already posted on our website. I'll post something on the G4TE forums because it's been a while since I've been there. Um, but I wanted to say specifically, people who love video games should definitely buy this book because, first of all, one of the major stories is called Respawn, and it's all about video games, especially Modern Warfare 2 and how language works online and lots of other stuff. Uh, so people who like online shooters especially will love Respawn. Uh, 
There's also a story called KR Services LLC, which is about an assassin, and uh, it references The Last Starfighter. Uh, the first story is called Agoraphobia, and it references Assassin's Creed. And then at the end, in the fiction journal, there's a story called uh, New Vegas, or Bashira in New Vegas, and it's a, a fan fiction of uh, Fallout New Vegas. So that's just a taste of why people who love video games would love this book, This Ain't What You Rung For, by me, Eric S. Piotrowski, available now on Amazon UK and IndieBound. Excellent. Uh, well, that's the advertisements. How that's to, it. Right? I'm done. And we don't even bloody get paid for those. Well, that's I'm rubbish. We have to pay you. What are you talking about? No, we have to pay you, though. You don't pay me. Buying you... well, we do. You buy, buy your book. book. You have to pay me, yeah. <laughs> buy your bloody book. Of course you should buy my book. Maybe buy we should charge book. you for doing adverts on your own podcast. That's Maybe you should do that. Quit the, I'll start my own podcast. Oh, wait, I do. <laughs> yeah, just to advertise your book. <laughs> the Duke advertising his book podcast. How pathetic would that be? Yeah, you're probably going to do it, aren't you? I already you? did it. <laughs> yeah, well, you did do it, yeah, I guess. <laughs> do you do it? It was like an infomercial. Yeah, but it's <laughs> one. Of them things. one. Well, it was okay. I listened to it, and that made me <laughs> I thought read one of your other stories because, well, oh yeah, I'll read that. That sounds kind of cool. There so it did make me read another one of your stories. So, and I am slowly for worked. everybody. I mean, you know, there's a love story in there. That's not for everybody, but this ain't what you rung for. That 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 is true. Yeah, yeah. If you keep saying it enough times, people will just buy it just yeah, to stop you saying it. Man. Yeah, I think maybe we should just yeah move on. You're right. Um, but yeah, I haven't got to it because I'm still reading the 39 steps, which is is going good. I've got to say, I'm impressed, very reading impressed. And playing, so I'm not a, I think you mean yeah, reading, playing, partaking, interactive, weird thing, yeah, crossover, hybrid. Weird. It's very cool, very cool. I'm not saying any more than that. That's all there is to say about that. So that's that done with. Buy that book. Um, but gotta say, gotta say, this week I don't know, Chinny, did you ever watch Nightmare on ITV? Oh fucking hell, yes, I did. And oh, I am so. Happy oh, about the news. I, have you watched it? It's I out. I, I haven't watched it, it, no. For people that don't oh, know, there's a show. About... There, what, there was a show Brilliant. called Nightmare, and it was kind of aimed at kids, and it was it was, it was was like a... You, there was two people that went on, like, every week, and one person had to guide the other uh, through this kind of virtual room, and you go forward, forward, or something like that, right, Stu? And then, sideways, sideways. Yeah, yeah, and, then, and then every time they got hit or they lost a life part of this face would go off and they've That's made right. they've remade it for geek week this week on youtube which is fantastic um yeah, and it's like yeah. four geeks like our age well not our age probably chinny's age, yeah. age. google and youtube but i have no idea what that means um croyton who from red dwarf has been introducing things warwick davis has been introducing like, like top 10 animations and some of the animations uh, a fantastic one of them Oscar winning so yeah really good there's one that I haven't you know watched really... there's one animation where I haven't watched before it was the, the the claymation one with the with the dad have you seen that one Stu I haven't no it's really good no. like um, if you type I can't remember now what it's called but if you type in uh, something like aliens claymation or something like that uh, I'll try and find the um, the link to it but uh, it, it's 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 British, anyway. You can tell it's British. It's got it's a northern accent as well, and it's this claymation of these aliens coming down that he just kicks the shit out of them. It's really funny. Um, and there's this Japanese animation called Alarm, which is very good as well. So Geek Week, I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. But yeah, it's it's uh, Nightmare. Do you know what's really cool about it is they have done nothing with it. 
So, so what's proper cool about it? It, it is exactly yeah, the yeah. same. I, as I you was really impressed it. with like the face, so because that's all I've seen, like the face, and yeah. like it looked exactly the same. Look, they didn't, they, they, they didn't update it. They didn't. No, nope. no, nope, they just did it exactly. How the animation is the same, but the acting. I've got to say, I was quite impressed. I was more impressed than I thought it would be, but it's exactly like it, like I remember it, you know. And it's twenty years since it was last on. Twenty years. Jeez. Oh, which is scary. That is bad, but I must have watched repeats because I oh, know no, actually, you know, I'm seven, eight. Yeah, I was twenty-seven. I'm twenty-seven, twenty-eight now. Which is it? Twenty-seven or twenty-eight? Twenty-seven. <laughs> okay. Okay, oh, N I G H T. But I'm not yeah. far off from the twenty-eight. Uh, so I. <laughs> yeah, you know, seven, eight. Yeah, probably, probably about right. Because. Uh, but yeah, I don't remember a, so much of Nightmare, to be honest. I remember what I've explained is pretty much it. So uh, yeah, I don't remember much of it. But I remember, you don't remember that it, it was, was noted high. for its use of blue screen chroma key, and I oh, yeah. get borrowed it's, by it's Tim high. Child from Weather Forecasts. It's like Dragon's Lure, <laughs> but with your mates. That's, <laughs> That's a great way to sell it. It is pretty much what it is. Uh, so you have to solve puzzles and, um, you know, you have to get through this dungeon and there's like, sometimes there'll be spikes going up and down and you have to guide them past the spikes or the spinning blades. So it's like, a, this was actually related to video games because it was apparently inspired by two ZX Spectrum games, Attic Attack and Dragon Torque. Attic Attack. Right. That is. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely worth it. It's on YouTube. It sounds anyway, like so Dr. Who for kids. It's, it's no, not really. No. No, you guys, it was like a game so show. Is what I mean. Talking of Doctor Who, we've got our Doctor Who announced. New one. What do you think? He's old, isn't he? He's fifty-five. That's cool. It's the guy from the thick of it. I can't think what his name is now. Alan Thick. That's no. Uh, but he's he's won an Oscar, so he's an Oscar winner. So you know, it's it's kind of cool. I've got to say. So yeah. So we should get that news. It would be better if I knew who it was. So I should look that up and at least sound like we know what we're talking about, shouldn't I? I can't think what it is. Because I've never watched a thick of it. I've seen it. Ah, I thought it was going to drop then. It's, is it's is it the Scottish Pete, guy from the thick of it? Yeah, Peter Capaldi. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's so aggressive in the thick of it. It's amazing. <laughs> he is. He swear. I don't think he'll be doing quite as much swearing. In, no, I don't uh, think they're going to let him get away. What a strange choice for the Doctor. I don't know. I think he's. I think he's a right sort of quirky-looking character, isn't he? They have a sort of theme of quirky-looking well, people, like, and he is. I mean, I remember when Matt Smith started. I mean, I don't really watch Doctor Who. Like, I, I feel like I would like it if I started watching it. But it's good. It's good. Um, like, I remember I saw Matt Smith on an interview, and he was. He just seemed like a fucking weird bloke right but he's, then but he's a great doctor but then when he started acting you know he was really good so because so i was all that interview and i thought he's gonna be shit but he turned out to be really good so it's, it's just a case of you, you wait and see don't you you wait and see like the yeah. xbox one I mean, the, you wait and see i think the thing is what's amazing about this right it's become it's I'll become try. such a it's become such a big thing doctor who now that they had a live one reveal one. on the tv mm. It was like a live reveal of. Hasn't Doctor Who always been a big deal? No, well, it was for a while. Went away for a bit. Went away for about twenty years. When I was was growing up, that's when it went away. I guess I just hung around nerds in school, so they all liked Doctor Who. It was a bit crap. The the nineties, it didn't really happen, did it? No, 
No, it was when it when it sort of the new version came out, and then it really right. took off again. Was it, what was it, Chris? Chris uh, Eccleston, wasn't it? Yeah, Christopher Eccleston was the first new Doctor, and obviously with uh, Billy Piper. Billy Piper. Billy Piper. <laughs> How's that I for music? Been, I thought we'd have at least had the Doctor in the TARDIS one. By, uh, I like the Orbital one better. Uh, so you would. Hey, hey you, you want to say something bad about Orbital now? Last no, time we were like talking Orbital. smack about Portal 2. I like Orbital. Well, then don't talk bad about look, it. Leave, look, leave it. Leave it alone, right? Just leave it. I'm happy. Anyway, anyway, I've got some other good news. Oh, yeah. Other good news. Uh, England have retained the ashes, so I thought I'd just mention that. So, yeah. 2-0 lead, and the latest game was a draw today. So the after, interesting uh, thing about that is... After after five days of play, they got a draw. Like anybody <laughs> gives a shit. Because <laughs> uh, it was rained off. Because they were in our part of the country. Don't let me stick my foot off in your ass! <laughs> For the last that, two That days, wouldn't so. fly in America, would it, Duke? You know, five days <laughs> and then a draw. That shit would <laughs> not fly. No, it, it would not. It any game where there's a draw. What games do we play where there's a draw? You might have a tie in baseball, but not very likely. And that's it. In in America, there's going to be a winner and a loser. In America, it would be 45 minutes. It room for the commercials. And at the end, if it was a draw, there would be a multi-ball. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it would be. First wicket loses. (laughs) It's funny. I remember when soccer was trying to get started here again, you know, the major league soccer stuff. And my brother was explaining to me how they could do a whole match without commercials. I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, on the scoreboard, they put a commercial, or they put a little ad for MasterCard or whatever next to the score. So people are always looking at that. And then the companies pay for that. You don't have to interrupt with commercials. I was like, oh, this could be an awesome new day for television without commercials. Well, guess what? Now they have that ad there and they do commercials as well. Damn it. Damn it. You'd, you'd probably be all right, dude, with 2020 cricket. It does become I'm quite a big thing. I'm not interested in any cricket. Thank you for... No, well, all they do is they, they, just, they just bowl 20 overs each, and whoever's got the highest score at the end is the winner. Lost that's simple as that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's 20 overs. overs? Oh, sweet. I can deal with 20 overs. overs. Chad Warden. Chad Warden wipes his ass with, with 20 overs. So that's, so that's, for people who don't know, that's 120 balls each. Because <laughs> you get six balls and over. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Oh. So, okay. um, what I have been playing this week, though, I have uh, finished the second act of Kentucky Route Zero. Are you so seriously I played... talking about video games? Now, I have to say, no puzzles whatsoever in this part. There was a couple of minor ones in the first part. That's my kind of game. None at all in this part. This one is purely moving around different scenes and talking to different people to find out information that you need to know. Yeah. Uh, And a little little bit of map finding. You've got to navigate the map by direction. We're talking about games already. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got. I know, but we've got a lot of music to get through later. I've got some big news, though. Have you? What, oh, wait, we about it's game? not Stu's story time. It's no, Stu's story, story time. So um, I had a letter on my desk today at work. Oh, can I guess? Can I guess? Did you open and read it? Did it? No, no, wait a minute. Wait, can I guess? Go on. Is it, have you got your P, your laptop sorted out? Your MacBook Pro? Nope. Oh, I thought I knew. That should um, happen. 
So this is, when I say this, this is real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, then. Um, you see, you're setting us up now because we're going to go, that's not real. And we know the last time you suckered us in with something, you started out with like 10 minutes of, no, seriously, really, no. Yeah. So now yeah. we're even more skeptical, it's whatever you say. Suspicious. Yeah. So, <laughs> this letter on my, uh, on my desk. Yeah. It looked official. You know when you see a letter and you think, this shit. This, you think, you either, you, you go through two things, you think. Ooh, or shit. Yeah, what have I done? <laughs> right. So it's like stamps on it and stuff. Paternity lawsuit. So I, I open it. <laughs> yeah. And it's got an invitation in there. From the Queen? Close. Was it was it was it meant to go to Rolf Harris but came to you by mistake? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I have an Gary. invitation. To the House of Lords. Get lost, Waffle. <laughs> All those old farts sat there deciding what to do. <laughs> so, uh, the House of Lords is, quite rightly, what Stuart said, a load of they just old go there farts to going... This is yeah, the House of Parliament, a... yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have been invited there... Um, I don't know why. By accident? <laughs> uh, I really don't. The VC of uh, the University of Wolverhampton sent a personal invite to oh my myself and uh, oh, Matt for uh, uh, a, a kind of like a launch thing over there. And he, <laughs> yeah, I, I was learning things all the time. Where My friend Phil, who's aware of these things, you know, the, the VC signed the letter in blue, and they sign it in blue so that you know that it's real. And I compared my signature to his, and it was a different, you know, it had different kind of patterns. Like you Wait, can, just a minute, let me get this straight. His signature, his signature was different than yours, is that what you're no, telling me? No, 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 it was the same <laughs> signature, but like it was like slightly different, you know what I mean? No two patterns are the same. Robert the so. janitor signed it a little different on the one yeah. that... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Bob, we saw that because I'm, I'm off four. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what name should I put on it? So th- th- this is the weird thing about what I do for a living, right? Well, it, takes me, like it. it takes me the fucking weirdest places, <laughs> like right? France one time. Just f- like I-, I went, you know, to Beaujolais on a wine launch. I, yeah, that was where they had all the fast cars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't like oh, wine. For, well, I, I've, yeah. tri- I've never tried wine in my life. And then B, well, there isn't a B because the A was so great. not drink wine. And, and then, you know, I found myself in the tunnel for the Aston Villa Football Club talking to players that I thought was the water boy. All right? <laughs> And Matt, <laughs> somebody listening right now who loves wine and loves Aston Villa, they're like, "God damn you! Let me go in your place." Yeah, there was, I was in the tunnel, and there was this guy, and he was he had he was holding his leg, and I said, "Are you okay?" And I thought he was the water boy, and <laughs> I, I was like, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll be fine, I'll be fine." And it, it turns out he's this like massive fucking player for West Brom, and he just scored <laughs> like an overhead kick, and I don't know. Uh, and Matt, bro, I walked over to Matt. <laughs> And Matt Froud went, what did you say to him? And I was like, I asked him. <laughs> did, did, did he not go, are you supposed to be here? Does it, what's your name, mate? Yeah. <laughs> hey, get out of my seat, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Dave, I don't care who you are. Get the f- Do you know who I am? I'm Mike Chin, the yeah. dude that moved. Exactly. <laughs> so, and then, you know, you, 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 
like one day I think we was at this award ceremony, and then the next day we're at a, like a, a hospice, and you just think, how the fuck do I end up in one place one day and then the other? I don't get it. Um, and yeah, and you're, off- you're in high demand and you're good at what you do. No, not really. Um, <laughs> he obviously he obviously doesn't look at his timetable of stuff he's got to do, does he? Because then he'd know where he was. Well, he, he's, How did I end up here? What's he's happening? made the right friends. How's that? <laughs> I don't, you don't, so, doing, it's true. He's not what you know. It's everyone you know. thinks. So, yeah, I'm off to the House of Lords in, in wow. London. Um, I'm going Except to be in your cap, dude. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be go there. Uh, me and Matt are off. Um, I, it's a, it's, I don't quite know what it is. This is what. So you actually, are you actually are you filming? Are you actually filming stuff? There? No, we're not filming stuff. We this is a, no, this right, a formal okay. like kind of do. Oh, you might get like cool little cakes and stuff. So <laughs> Stu's number one concern is what's true. Cakes are. I'm going to turn up to the house, the, the house of Parliament. I'm going to go look. If there ain't cakes at this gig, I'm fucking nice Fuck you. Do I get some That's nice actually the official motto of the House of Lords. If you don't like cakes, then fuck you. Do I get afternoon tea? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. There you go. That's, that's gonna... You'll have to report back once you've been and right. seen all those sleepy gets. I'm going to check under really the seat to see if there's any snot. That's right. You need to do that. Check, that. Anyway, get back to video games. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, video. you get invited to the House of Lords. Can we please get back yeah, to Kentucky can... Roots? Yeah, never. Who cares? The House of Bloody Lords are all a bunch of old crusty gets anyway. Um, They're just jealous. I know, I'll probably get arrested for saying stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I'll probably turn up at the door and go, listen, I'm a listener to the veteran <laughs> games, and I'll, exactly. I wasn't happy about what you said. That's right. Uh, yeah, Kentucky Route Zero, Act 2, so... Um, yeah, and we do have these lovely cakes. So I, I, think I've, I think I might have figured out what's going on, or, or partially figured out what might be going on. In a good game, that means you're just in time for the big surprise, because you don't... No, I think... Yeah, now it could be that I think I figured out what's going on, but possibly haven't, and then I'll be like, oh no, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I'm not going to say what I think it might be because that will possibly be a spoiler if I'm right. Ah. But I haven't. But then I, I, I was thinking I'll have a look, see what everybody else thinks on the internet, and then I thought if I do that and I'm right, then I'll be disappointed that I've figured it out before I've got to the end of the game, which is like three parts away, which haven't been released yet. So um, I sort of enjoyed this part more. It sort of made more sense, but it's still completely confusing and and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But, it, but more so than the first part. So I've, I'm starting, I think, potentially to get a vague idea of what potentially might be going on, but I still could be wrong. But I don't know what really to say about it. It's just a weird experience. Is but, it more bizarre than, uh, what you call it? Dear, what, Deadly Premonition? And Dear Esther? Dear, it's... it's more interactive than Dear Esther because it's a lot like uh, The Walking Dead in its mechanics in so much as a lot of what you're doing is talking to other characters in the game and choosing dialogue options. Uh-huh. Now, like I said last week, what's interesting is once you've chosen that, the others disappear and, and most often you don't get to ask the other choices to find out what the answer would be. Uh-huh. So it is it does delineate in so much as each sort of dialogue choice leads you to more dialogue choices that you wouldn't have got had you not chosen that one, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, Uh, branching dialogue options. Yeah. So there's a lot of branching dialogue options, but I don't know what overall effect that has on the game as a whole. You know, is that that. if it's a good story, you just get sucked into the actual story of it. It's an interesting story. I I mean, no disrespect and you know, whatever. This is just my opinion, but I feel like you're approaching it from the point of view of the game designer. 
And it's better to approach it in terms of like, hey, this is just an experience I'm having. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. And maybe that's why I'm overanalyzing it a bit. I do that because I'm, I mean, yeah, because I'm looking at it as a game, even though it sort of is, but it isn't. Yeah. You know, it, it sort of is a game, but there's not a lot of interaction apart from the dialogue stuff. I know how frustrating but that can be. It's not. It's not potentially frustrating it's it's interesting and intriguing but i'm still at a loss as to exactly what's going on but i think that's part of the experience is leaving you with that confusion as to what's happening a bit like primer i guess yeah, well that's what i was going to say a lot of times confusion is the first step toward enlightenment so yeah and i think obviously you know when, when we get to the end of the experience maybe we'll find out what it was all about but hey i don't know i've got a vague idea but i could be wrong so but good, it, it's good, and it looks great, and it sounds great, but I'm still confused. Uh, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that is a good thing. I, I think I would be hard-pushed to tell someone to buy it at the, at the £20 price point, because that's a lot of money for two parts of a game where the others aren't released yet. I would wait maybe until it's all out completely. So you finished the second part, is that right? Yeah, I finished part two. And, and how many but parts are uh, five altogether, I believe. So we're still waiting on another three. And You're obviously, not the release done numbers. yet, dude. No, exactly. So it's hard to really sort of know what's going on. The second part was again about maybe two hours, an hour and a half, maybe in length. So it's probably altogether about maybe two and a half hours altogether. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm I am intrigued as to what's going on. So I am looking forward in some weird way to the next part to find out what the hell it's all about. Yeah. But it, it is interesting, and it has got a lot of sort of weird, surreal elements uh, running through the game, but, like, even more so in this part than the first part. So we'll see. Uh, also, I played Saints Row the Third. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because basically I got a message on Steam uh, from Ian W 99 and he said, have you got... To... He was asking me about Papa Wio as it goes. I bought that. And I said, yeah, you bought it, bought Papa Wio. Yeah, I said it's worth yeah. playing. I said, you know, it, it has this its moments. It's not quite cheap. There you go, you see. Buy it when it's cheap. Uh, and I said to him, you know, it's surreal. It's interesting. It's a puzzler. It does get a bit labored towards the end because you're doing a lot of the similar type puzzles. I was mostly but, interested but this... in it as like an experiment, like just to see. I mean, I have a lot yeah. of respect for the guy for trying to turn his horrible experience into a, you know, it's an, it's, I see it as a form of expression more than I do like a game I expect to really love. And it is that, I mean, but it, for for that, it works, you know, it does work in that on that level. So anyway, I was talking about that, and then he said, have you got Saints Row the Third? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got that. And he's like, do you want to play some co-op on the, on the weekend? So I said, oh, okay, uh, we'll play on Sunday morning. So I got up early Sunday morning and played probably about two hours of, of Saints Row the Third again, from, yeah. from more or less the very beginning again. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't know, it's Who a weird game. Who did you play Saints Row with? Uh, Ian W99. Sorry, I missed Paying attention yeah, yeah, there. Yep. And yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's like to begin with, like when you're doing all the missions, because we got quite a fur, like, further in than I got in on my own. And it's it's literally just all the side missions linked together by some very slim storyline, isn't it? Really. Yeah. That's pretty much it, isn't it? Really. What do you want? And, well, I don't know. I was having fun with it, but then I was also like, no, now I've got to go and do this escort mission. Now I've got to go and do this. Now I've got to go and do this. And I don't know whether I found it a bit boring after a while, to Wait, be honest. Wait, are, are you not able to just run around and be goofs? No, we didn't get to that point because we hadn't unlocked everything. So we were doing more like the story mission stuff. 
but he always come up as like you know do the next co-op mission so we would just do it which gives you all the different missions doesn't it one after the other pretty much okay. different mission types that you can do and then it's just running around being a goofball isn't it i guess once you've done quite a few of those uh but it was all right it was all right i don't know whether i was massively impressed with it playing it a second time but it was okay it was okay, it was okay. and then and then you know after all my complaints about bethesda and skyrim oh uh, yeah it came out on uh, all right it was 50 percent off seven quid and i'm like do you know what seven quid i'm gonna buy it oh yeah baby so i bought skyrim i've installed it I've played about an hour again. Yeah, I guess so mods in, dude. Uh, well, I'm waiting. I'm going to play it just as it is at no, the I'm moment. I'm talking about like, just the interface. There's one called Sky UI. It makes the game so much easier to relate to. Does it? And then there's like right. one for the quick items menu. And there's just a lot of things that make the game just well, fun. And they're not FPS drags. Like my big right, I'll, was, I'll make you I'll a list. I'll come to you and okay. ask for advice. Uh, but I've, I've picked a different type of character this time than I normally, because I played an Argonian last time. Uh-huh. And I've picked a High Elf this time, because I do like the magic stuff. Oh, yeah? So I thought I'll go with I, a High no, Elf. High Elves are cool because of their attributes, but I hate the way they look. Oh, I'm not bothered, because I'm not going to be looking Stretched at it anyway. Stretched out face, but when you kill someone, it goes to the kill camp. Yeah, but I've made I've made my look quite rough and ready. I put him some you know face paint on and scars and, and stuff and dragon it. priest masks. Although Chris Matthews could help you with that. Yeah. Oh wait, no he can't because he got his ass stumped. I got you know, uh, the Lacey. I've got the biggest. I, I made him the biggest he can be, so he didn't look quite so skinny and puny. Yeah, so I've, I've done that and uh, yeah, pretty good. I've I've just about coming out of you know the first bit after you've done the runner etc. Oh yeah. Uh, and I was surprised at how small it was for a game. It's only like right. just over five gigs. It's over five so, gigs. Sacred Two is twenty, but Sacred that's what I mean. Is that's what I mean. Bigger it's, than Sky. That's what I mean. It's kind of. I mean, it's small as a as an install. It's only quite small. Five gigs, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So there you go. So that's that's about it for me. And I'm not going to speak too much about Skyrim because I think on this show Skyrim has been mentioned enough. So. So there you go. That's it for me. What about you? So you haven't done any side missions. You've just done the escape. I've done nothing. I've just I'm just at the end of the escape. Oh, so good. That's all I've done. That's all I've done. So, yeah. And it looks good in high settings. I've got to say, in ultra well, ultra Rub settings. Rub it in. Yeah, ultra settings does look pretty neat. I've got to say, 1080p. <laughs> it does look sharp. <laughs> it looks sharp, man. Sharp. <laughs> looks sharp. I'm so. Uh, talk. Anyway, Duke, over to you. What have you been up to? I have been playing 100 million billion games. But first, I have to get some other things out of the way. Uh, DJ Skullduggerer, I've been listening to some of his mixes. They're freaking wicked, so keep them coming, dude. Very nice stuff. Also, I forgot a song when we were doing our own picks, and I, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, oh, my God, I should have played that. So just real quick, it's not very long. I just want to play a little sample. Oh. Yeah. Gotta wait till it gets to that high pitch bit. Yeah. 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 Oh, come on. It's got another. Ah, I thought that was gonna. There it is.
It's such a great song. It captures that G-Funk era beautifully. And uh, yeah, so that's the theme from Chinny. San Andreas. Do you know, I recognize it, but didn't know what it was from. It's a great song. I, just thinking, I, I recognize that. it. Yeah. Um, we watched the indie game, the movie. All right. Okay. Oh, and so did I. I. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I watched it yesterday. Oh my God! Cosmic freaking order, man! Fucking shit! Nope. <laughs> commentary from Team Meat. No, I watched a little no. bit of that. They're lying throughout the whole thing. All they do is lie. It's like, oh yeah, Jonathan Blow, he's such a scumbag. He'll he'll fight you if you look him in the eye and all this stuff. Like it's funny, but I really would like to get their actual opinion of the people <laughs> if they've met any of them, and there's none of that. So, anyway, uh, it made me think about Phil Fish because. Um, yes. I, I also thought about Phil Fish during this movie. Because he's one of the stars of it, but you know, especially because he just canceled Fez 2, you know. Yeah. A lot yeah. of the stuff yeah. that he says in the movie is coming back to the forefront. And what occurs to me is, okay, look, I get the fact that he's, you know, a sensitive artist and he pours his soul into the game. And when people say horrible things about it, I understand that that hurts. Don't get me wrong. You know, when I haven't gotten any negative feedback on the book, but I'm sure I will at some point, And that's fine. And it hurts because you really hope people will like it. But here's the thing. The question has to be for Phil Fish and anybody else who's interested in making games or doing anything else creative. What is most important to you? Do you love the art that you create? Do you love the process of making it? Because if you do, you have to love it enough to move through the people who are going to hate for the sake of hating. And I would say, Phil Fish, I think maybe Chinny, you or Greg, somebody was talking about on the last Overseas Connection, he, somebody put out some tweet or something about how he thought Phil Fish was an idiot or scumbag or whatever. And I understand Phil Fish's maybe he's very sensitive, he's an artist. Oh, I can't, you know, why do people have to hate on me? And I, you know, in the movie he talks about like he got death threats or whatever. I mean, whatever. But my point is this. There's two ways you can deal with that as an artist. One way, which is the way he deals with it, which is the way everyone mostly deals with it, is you get angry, you get offended, you go on YouTube or you post on Twitter and you talk about how much that person sucks. The other way to deal with it is the way Dante dealt with it and the way a lot of artists deal with it, which is you make the person who's hating you in real life into a villain in your art. That's what Dante did. And today, nobody has any idea who any of Dante's enemies were in real life. But you read Inferno and they're all the biggest scumbags in the world and everybody reads it and laughs at those idiots who dared to say something bad about Dante. And if Phil Fish were to be smart, he would take these people who are saying nasty things about him and, you know, let's say one of them's named Bob Smith. You put an, uh, a person in your game named Rob Smith, you got to, you know, make it so that he can't get sued. But you make that person into a villain who's fat and like farting on himself or whatever. And then everybody laughs at the game. The game lives forever. One of the greatest insults you can do to a person is immortalize them in a song or a piece of art. That's what Phil Fish ought to do. Well, do you know the thing, though, to a certain extent, and this is part of the issue, with the, especially with the smaller developers, you know, or artists in any sort of genre, be it music, video games, you know, writing, whatever it may be. Writing is not an art. Yeah, anyway. Words do. Oh, should have. Anyway, just let me get to my point. Go ahead. The point is, you know, if they, if he was part of a big development team, like a huge development team, you know, and don't get me wrong, they, they 
you know, put the foot in it as we've seen recently. We stuff that's come out to Microsoft, but they have PR people who manage all that yes. shit, so they don't get involved. But here, when you've got, but when you got the little people, right? They they don't always know the best way to manage it or deal with that yeah, stuff, I, so they just do whatever they think. Right. But here's the thing: it's a trade-off because if he worked for one of those big companies, not only would they have PR people in between him and the fans, but he would have. Uh, marketers in between him and the fans. He would have lawyers in between him and the fans. He would have an entire team of people changing everything he does with his art in order to make it sell better. And as a result, his vision would become uh, adendine. So what he's done by working as an independent developer is he's chosen to take a path which lets his artistic vision be more pure. And good thing he did. That movie made me want to play Fez, which I didn't. I played the demo. I thought it was okay, but I really want to play it more now because I'm intrigued by a lot of the stuff he was saying. Yeah. However, I will say, you know, it's a trade-off. If you're going to go for that more pure artistic vision in your game, you have to be able to deal with the fact that some people aren't going to like it. But so what? That's always going to be the case, no matter what you do. There's some people who don't like this podcast. F them. Absolutely. You've just got to look for the positives in everything. That's my motto in life. You know, always look for the positives in and whatever it may be. That's why you're doing it. That's the thing. It seems to me like he doesn't really know why he's doing these games. I don't know. I mean, he obviously does it because he loves creating games. but Then keep creating games. Yeah, I guess how much is it for him and how much is it for the gamers, you know what I mean? How much is it for his own personal, you know, yes. creativeness and, and sort of feeling of accomplishment and how much is it for actually for people to enjoy his game? I don't know. I mean, I guess it is that, but he, he's obviously a very fickle character, isn't he? It seems you know, to me he, like he could at this point, if nothing else, buy one of those PR people you were talking about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Somebody to deal with all that and then he wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's what they need. They need, you know, some sort of buffer between him and the, and the public, so they don't get into these slanging matches on Twitter. Which, unfortunately, more and more often, celebrities in general seem to be getting dragged into. You know, they get into these slanging matches with either other celebrities or members of the public. Or, you know, I was thinking this when because my wife likes all the sort of you know, and it's a kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. But you know, like the American Idols and you know, and all this sort of stuff, and X Factor and all this, and I always think, you know, especially when they come out with something on stage that's a bit like, you know, they argue with the judges or they say something that's a bit unpredictable, and I think if they were like, you know, one of the big record or recording artists that we have at the moment, they might say that stuff, but it would never get into the public consumption because it would be stopped before it got that far, but now... That he can't be stopped because they're out there, aren't they? You know, and there's no buffer between them and the public. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and Twitter like, is like that. Yeah, and then also that drama is the whole reason those shows exist. So, like, exactly, they want that stuff yeah. to happen. Okay. Want anyway, that that aside, Jenny, do you have anything you want to say about the movie? I thought it was good. Yes, me too. It yeah, really made me love Super no. Meat Boy more. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like Super Meat Because I, I asked the Duchess, I was like, hey, would you want to watch this movie about indie game development? And she's like, I don't know. What you know? What would you compare it to? And I was like, it's probably, because I hadn't seen anything about it, I was like, it's probably a little like King of Kong because it is exploring the personalities of the people involved. And she was totally into the stories of the people, you know, especially the, the one dude from Super Meat Boy who was talking about he used to draw a lot as a kid and he, you know, he yeah. felt like he didn't have any friends. He was living with his grandma and all that. And like that, his story is really interesting, and uh, it's a it's a really good. It does a good job of in the same way that King of Kong is not really about the game so much as it is about Steve Weeby and Stevie Stephen whatever his name is. Um, 
it it seems like the indie game the movie does a good job as well of showing those personal stories i think uh yeah, it does a great job of like it, it it has a good arc to it you know yeah. there's a good it's a it's about three different developers but there's a good uh structure to it it's you know well put together and and tara usually falls asleep if i start a film at about nine o'clock and she didn't <laughs> fall asleep on this hey, one so right. she uh she really got into it and she she uh I think she 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 kind of came off it the same way, you know. Like other people come off it. You know, I explained to her about what Phil Fisher's recently been doing um, after this after this movie and stuff. Um, and she played Fez, uh, and she 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 liked it. But she after this film, she wanted to watch it, play it more. Mm. Um, she says, "I, I want to give it another go." And I I thought that really because yeah. you know uh, my my opinion on Phil Fisher. I feel kind of sorry for him because I don't really think Phil. Fish had this vision, you know, of himself, how he is now. He wanted to be, he wanted to make cool games and wanted to be popular. I think he wants to be popular, right? Yeah. And he's really frustrated that he's making, he's made a good game and people still don't fucking like him. And it really knocks him, I think, and he just can't seem to do it right. And he, he came across as a, a bit of a fucking mad psychopath at one point where he, he just wanted to kill the other guy. He says, I'm going <laughs> to fucking kill him. I'm gonna, and yeah, you, you can understand. Yeah, I like, don't know anything about that. I mean, I don't know anything about that legal relationship between the two of them. But I, I just feel like they, they could have took that out. They could have toned that down a little bit. I feel like I, I could see why they left it in because it's, it's gold. You know what I mean? You, you get oh, yeah. that and you're in the editing room. And you think this is like one of the best things he said in that whole day. And we were stuck here. You know, I can imagine like the film crew was in that lobby or in that hotel all day. And it was totally worth it to get that one sentence out of him. But I feel like they went a little bit too far. They they did a good job of kind of leaving the other guy out of it and just said, like, well, he did his own thing, whatever. But yeah. it was at that point. No, apparently there was, some, again, the, the, coming out following the film being released, there was some legal wranglings. And apparently he wasn't even asked did he want to comment on the film and all Which this. Which is noted the other. in the credits, by the way. Yeah, there were, but but apparently that wasn't true. There was a huge blog post written all about. Yeah, it, I remember so. that. But I think they yeah. kind of, if it wasn't for that, they would have stayed. He would have that. It would have been a lot less messier. It was because yeah. of that. I, I feel like that, and it, it, that's where Phil Fish really starts to turn into this weird. You you, you, I, you get worried about him. His kind of mental health. Yeah. Um, and you can tell the the game development is taking a big toll on him. Yeah. Um. But then you know. Jonathan Blow was in there and he pops up then again. Oh, you know, that made me hate him. Even. To be honest with you, he didn't have a lot to say. But you know, like you were saying, on the giant bomb cast, you wouldn't have known it was him. No, he was lovely on there. He was nice. Yeah, guy. he came across really, really well. Yeah, um, he did. But you know, the, I think the stars of the show were, the, you know, the super movie. That that was that was your best story uh, yeah. out of that. And I, I feel like if if they had got um, I mean, it's so difficult to tell. I mean, they got three really good uh, developers there, but they—I suppose they cheated a little bit with Jonathan uh, Blow because he does, or you know, he's—he's he's already been established, right? You know, he's already kind of blown up. Whereas the, the Super Meat Boy guy—he's—he's he's made some cool flash games and he's won some awards, but Super Meat Boy is the one that got them to the next level. And then Fares was obviously, I think they chose Fares because it already had a um, a buzz around it. You know what I mean? It was the game that never came out, blah, blah, blah. And I think that 
one of the things they were trying to do is make the the process of making games into a central character. And in that sense, I think all three of them have a very different perspective on it because they're at different stages of the process, and that's really valuable. I, I, you know, I, the the trouble with the with making a film like that is you never you're never going to know. You know, if someone if Notch came up to him and said, "Look, I'm making this game called Minecraft," and it hadn't been released yet. You know, they might have gone, well, we can't really do it because we got fares. And when really, like, the, the Minecraft story would have been awesome, where all uh, Jonathan Blow, when he released it, it would have been good to kind of get his, how he acted before Braid came out and how he felt after it, because the, he talks about it briefly, but to see him go through it, to see him go through that kind of, no one understands why my game is so great. Right. Um, mentality and stuff. But it, I don't know. I think they did a great job, and but they... they I think they cheated a little bit with Jonathan Blow. They don't really include Braid in it. He just talks about it reflectively. I don't. Uh, I think I heard as much as I wanted to hear from Jonathan Blow. To be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, uh, but you didn't get the the type of story where in Super Meat Boy you, you went through with them. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, sure. Yeah. Whereas, well, whereas I don't you know, know that I would I would expect that we would get that story from Jonathan Blow. Maybe not. I mean, maybe no. there is a story there, but I just feel like he's so pretentious. That he would pretend to have a lot of deep stuff, but that's just—I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess what you're saying is probably right, but he's an interesting character, Jonathan Blow. But I think, you know, the question I have is—is is that his public face and his real life face isn't anything like that? And he does that yeah. because he it, knows he gets the publicity from you it. You get to choose what your public face is, and I am not impressed. Yeah. With that's I, all. I, I, yeah, I, I, but he gets a lot of publicity though. I imagine Jonathan Blow. Probably gets very frustrated, um, because you know he he sets to these he has these grand ideas, and he gets frustrated that people like the fact that he can rewind time. You know, like I he, get that. He, he makes a game about this, you know, really kind of cool story, and it's very subtle and, and it's beautiful, but people just go, oh, you can rewind time. That's funny. I understand yeah. that because I'm somebody who likes to tell stories as well from time to time. And I wish there were a level of engagement sometimes with people that goes beyond what it does. There tends to be most of the people who respond to things that we make as human beings, they tend to respond without a whole lot of depth. That's just the well, thing you have hold, to accept. Hang on a second. Let me finish. Just a minute. Just a minute. Just a minute. I'm whoa, just going to say, whoa, hold whoa, that, hold that thought because we've got, we've got an email about this very thing so we can discuss it a bit more later. We've got an email asking us something similar to what you're going to say, I would imagine. So I should stop now. So I would stop now and we'll come back to what – we'll hold that thought. And when we get to the email, we'll come back to that because we, I was going to go in a little bit of depth as to, you know, what, what the emailer has asked about. So And, and that would – Go along with the theme right. that you saw. What I've been playing. Oh, wait, one more thing. Real quick. Uh, this is all the prelude. The video game, the Veteran Gamers Forums. We have a new section on there called Gaming Giveaways because Lambie85 asked if I wanted Disciples 3. And I was like, yes, thank you. It was part of a bundle. And then he had these other codes. And I was like, oh, I'm not real interested. And I said to him, I have more games than time to play them. And he said, yeah, I'm in the same boat. And I said, we should have a way to give them away. So now we do. If you go to the Veteran Gamers Forum, go to veterangamers.co.uk, uh, there's a forum section right there, and there's now a section called Gaming Giveaways, and uh, Marcanics already claimed one of the games that Lambie85 posted, but there's others. So check it out, people, and if you've bought games and you're not going to play them, is they're part of a bundle or whatever, uh, why not give them away on our forums? Ka-ching! There you go, and there's lots with the, with the 
humble indie bundles and stuff like that, isn't it? Quite often you might only want one or two. Yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah. All right. What I've been playing. I finished Hotline Miami. Finished it? Wow. Finished I mean, it. Wow. Uh, wow. All right. Impressive. It's, God. It, it's, it's weird because just like the rest of the game, it's not what it seems when you first finish it because it finishes like three times before it's actually done. You know what I mean? The credits roll and then there's like three more levels. And then you're like, what? And then it's actually the credits. And then it's like an epilogue. So I'm like, come on, when is this actually going to end? But it's a great game. It took me like seven hours all told and really fun. I'll probably be playing it more in the future because it's got replayability. And it's, you know, it's just a great You've game. You've changed. I guess. You've changed. You like, you like rock hard games now. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I'm totally defense game. I mean, I'm, I'm totally love just games of all kinds, but... I, I was surprised by how much I love this. I'll admit that. So, whatever. Wow, I, I am impressed, you. Really impressed. I played some more PID. Uh, but you know what? I got to a point in that game where it was it just wasn't fun. Uh, so I stopped playing it. I'm not going to play it anymore. There's this one part where um, there's this robot that rolls back and forth on the floor, and it shoots missiles at you. And you have to jump over them and get it to shoot missiles at itself, basically. Right? Which yeah. isn't that big a deal, but you jump really slowly in this game. Um, the missiles move at a weird speed. The controls aren't designed. It's not a dodging missiles type of game. It's a platform puzzler. So for them to suddenly put in this robot that shoots missiles at you, it, it's it, and and I got one of the missiles to finally hit the robot, and it seems to have taken like a tenth of the damage off. So it took me a while to get it to happen once. I'm supposed to have this happen ten times? I don't think so. Yeah, I found that. I played that. I play. I think I only played the demo, but the demo was quite a long one. Yeah. And I got to a point in the demo where I kept falling off the same platform because I kept just not quite getting it right. And I was like, oh. And then I had to get all the way back up again. And I was like, you know what? This isn't fun, but it's a clever idea. It's a clever idea, and parts of it are great. Like, the general idea yeah. and the the overall, like, the look and feel of it is excellent. It's a shame that they made certain parts of the game dependent on getting your reflexes right. I mean, because, look, in Super Meat Boy, which I've also been playing and I'm still loving to death, there are certain, every level in that game, you have to get it exactly right and land and then jump at the exact right moment. That's the whole game. And if in that game, it was suddenly you had to figure out a puzzle with, you know, oh, the square root of 64 or whatever, you'd be like, I'm not interested in that right now. You know what I mean? Like, you, you should stick to your vision. And I feel like in PID, he just started wandering. And so I stopped. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I Poker agree. Night 2 I got, because that was on crazy cheap sale, so I started playing that a little bit. It's it's fun because, you know, you're playing against Claptrap and Ash from Army of Darkness and Sam and Max. I've never played any of those. I think those characters are kind of dumb. They're boring to me. Um, and then the other dude, I have no idea what he's from. Do you all know who the blonde guy's from? Um... I vaguely remember, but it was something I never played. Or is he from a cartoon? I think he might just be from a cartoon. I, I can't remember. But in any case, um, what I, re- I the one line is which I loved when the when you first go into the little, you know, parlor, lounge, whatever it is. Uh, the guy goes, 
and I think it's Ash, but I can't remember exactly who it is. He says, nice decor you got here. Boardwalk Empire meets Silence of the Lambs, which I think is excellent. Because Boardwalk Empire is a very good show. If people haven't watched that, they should see it. Steve Buscemi, perhaps his best role ever. Uh, and it's got Meaty from Gosford Park. Uh, so anyway, I like that. But here's what I realized. Because I lost like four tournaments in a row. I ended up owing the casino like $80,000 as soon as I started playing. It was pathetic. So it really is like Las Vegas. I guess so. <laughs> but the problem, here's the thing. I, when I'm playing against AI, when I'm playing, po- and this was true about Full House Poker too, playing against the AI, I can't be patient. I'm just not a patient poker player when I'm playing against robots. When I'm playing against humans, I can be patient and fold. If I don't have anything good, I'll just be like, I'll wait. But when I'm playing against AI, and I think it's because when I'm playing a game, a video game, against robots, something in my brain says, you can kill them. You don't have to scheme or delay your gratification. Just destroy them now. But that's not how you play this game. You're not going to win at poker thinking that way. No, I thought the AI was pretty good in it from the yeah. demo I played. Oh, it is. And that's the problem is that I expected it to be weaker, I guess. So. And it's funny, sort of like, uh, you know, GLaDOS keeps on making oh, smart remarks. Great, as always. Yeah, you know, tell, tells them when you're good. just bluffing and stuff. Yeah, glad, uh, bl- folding here was a good move, or it would have been for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, speaking of Gladys, I finished Portal 2 again. Awesomeness, loved it. I played some Dota 2. Duff Stuff won't shut up about Dota 2. And since I got my new external hard drive, I was like, hey, let's check this baby out. Because uh, I could reinstall everything. So now I am reinstalling everything. Got Team Fortress 2 on again and everything. Um, but you know what? Dota 2 is just not my game. It's I've, I've, I mean... There's some wrong things you're saying. It ain't yeah, what you're wrong for. And it's not what I enjoy. Like That's not what I want from a game, and I might try it again some more in the future, but I really think that the stuff I love about it, I can get more easily and more enjoyably without all the stuff I hate in a role-playing game. So, Dota 2, I think it's just not my thing, but whatever. It's free yeah. to play. So. You, know, you can't like everything. Well, yeah, but I want to. Not everyone likes that. Especially because not like Duff Stuff can't. loves Dota 2 so much, and he's always playing it. I kind of want to play it more just to hang out with him, you know what I mean? It's the type of thing where, like, you know... When Chinny's playing Halo Wars, I'm kind of like, eh, maybe I'll play some Halo Wars. But then I'm like, nah, never mind. But whatever. Uh, two more games I got to talk about. Well, two types of games. Uh, Rift and Lord of the Rings Online and Guild Wars 2. Because Rift went free-to-play recently. So I was like, oh, free-to-play? Price is right. Let me check that out. So I downloaded <laughs> it, and I started playing it a little bit. And it's okay. It's an MMO. And I was like, eh, you know what? I remember enjoying Lord of the Rings Online. So I went back to that. And I've been playing some of that, and I'm really enjoying that. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Guild Wars 2. I bought that. I should be playing that since I paid $60 for it. So I've been playing a little bit of uh, Guild Wars 2, but a lot of Guild Wars 2, well, I mean, a lot of it's exploring, which is fine. But one of the things you're supposed to do in Guild Wars 2 is platforming, which, as an MMO, a third-person perspective, it's just weird to be platforming in that. You know what I mean? It's just not that much fun. So Lord of the Rings Online is actually the MMO I'm most into these days, and I'm really having fun with it, uh, killing baddies and gathering treasure and all that stuff. But the number one game I have been playing this week, and I have been playing it to death, and I love it, Crusader Kings 2. What? Oh, Oh, baby. 
This is the game I was talking about last week where, All right, like yeah. Civilization, you're going to love Crusader Kings 2 because there's so much to learn about the game. I found this awesome series of videos, and I will post a link on our website, veterangamers.co.uk, which walks you through. I had to watch, and this is going to be pathetic, but whatever. I had to watch like five hours of tutorial videos just to get a sense of what's going on. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know about you, Chini, but he's lost me. Five hours of tutorial videos where you can even play the game. What's all that about? <laughs> but now that I've got, I don't it, have it's five hours awesome to play a game. Because... I don't want to watch a game being played. But here's the no, you don't. That's he doesn't even start the game until like hour six of what? tutorial videos. I know, right? What is that? <laughs> no, I don't know, right? That just sounds crazy. It is crazy, it's crazy. but it's awesome because he's explaining the overall picture of the game. And then he's explaining how you go about, you know, some oh, of the mechanics right. involved. Oh, listen, listen, listen. You can't criticize Dota 2 when you've sat and watched a video <laughs> for six yes, hours. Yes, I can. Because here's play In Dota 2, you're, people tell me what to do, and I try it, and I fail, and I hate it. But in Crusader Kings 2, the dude said, here's how you do this part of the game. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I get it now. And I went to the game, and I did it, and it worked, and it was awesome. And then I got taken over by the other guy next door because I didn't know the next part of the game. You know what I mean? Do you need some sort of PhD or something to play? You don't. But what you do need to do is take your time and learn about the different parts of the game and how they interact. And once you get a sense for how it works, it's awesome because it's never the same game twice. And there's constantly these things that are thrown at you where you have to deal with the fact that, okay, I have smallpox now. And women don't want to marry me, so I need to get wait. I need to basically build my gold so that my son, when he inherits my kingdom, he can then have a lot of money, and then he'll marry someone, and then get his kid to have. Uh, it's about planning your dynasty or dynasty, as y'all like to say, and it's about consolidating your empire, but you can't push it too much because, for instance, I'm trying to take over Brittany, you know, La Bretagne in the northwest of France, but I can't take over the whole thing because this person from Spain came over and took one of the counties. And if I try to mess with the king of Spain, I'm going to get my ass stomped. And the last thing I'll say about it is uh, when you create a petty kingdom of a certain size, it will give you a name for your kingdom. And, Jenny, you may have seen this. Uh, it named the kingdom that I came up with in Ireland. I became the king of Ireland, by the way. That was awesome. Oh, yes, I did see this, yes. And it, it named my kingdom Tara. So, yay! There you go. There you go. God. No, it's honestly, I mean... awesome. I'm loving it, and uh, it's great. It just, it just sounds like something I'd never, ever want to play. A lot of people probably would never want to play it. It's not for everybody. In fact, it's probably not for many people at all, but... Those of you out there, if you like civilization, like for instance, give this. Do you know? Do you know what, Duke? I'm, I re, I am reevaluating you all the time, right? Because I think, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like tower defense. Oh, he's playing tower. Defense. He doesn't like really hard games. Oh, he's playing really hard games. He, he doesn't like like games where you have to learn stuff because like that takes too much time. Yet he spends Six five hours, hours watching. Well, that was five hours before I could figure out what's going on. It, I've watched. Do you know five what? hours? Do you know what? Then. I, I thought you would hate Daisy, but do you know what? I'm not so sure anymore. I don't know. Hey, I'm an unpredictable kind of guy. You never know what I'm going to do next. So you know, converted. You might want, I know. <laughs> you might want to play a game where every key on the keyboard has a function. <laughs> Who knows? Well, that's the thing. Crusader Kings 2 doesn't have many keyboard equivalents. It's mostly clicking stuff. 
Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not your point. But... Anyway, anything else from that's you? Uh, what I have not been playing is The Last of Us, so sorry about that. I know. Too. Do you know what? You spent five hours watching a freaking video. I yeah, you could have Last of Us so by now. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Chini, I'm going to ignore him. videos on I'm just going to ignore him until he plays The Last of Us, but moving over to you, Chini. <laughs> I think you're going to be ignoring him for a long time. I know! Until, uh, like, next year sometime. Moving on. Right. Uh, yes, I've been playing Far Cry 3. Oh, okay. And, um... You've not finished that yet. I thought you'd finished no, it. No, no, no. I haven't finished it, really. Um, and there's a, What I'll say about it is it does a lot of things great. But there are some things that it does not so well. Um, you know, and uh, when you start it, it doesn't introduce the game to you very well, I feel. It's quite brutal. Because you go, you know, like to to take over something, and then you get fucking bit by a snake. And then I, I saw this jeep, and then there was fucking three Komodo dragons around it, all right, and they were biting me. Then I went to take a base... All right, and I was sneaking around, getting all into it, and I was like, "Yes, I'm finally." Um, fucking tiger comes out of nowhere. Yeah, that happened me. to me. That's shocking the first time. And then happens. I fucking fell down a cliff. I was like, oh, swim, swim, swim. <laughs> fucking shark. I'm like, um, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then I go into the, and then I see an emu. Just and, uh, I see, I see like an emu or an ostrich or some shit, and I go, "Oh look, it's a fucking, oh it's beautiful, come here, oh my god, it's gonna um kill me." Do you uh, know what though? Do you know what, Chidi? That's all true, but at least you haven't got malaria. I know. Just say. Not yet. <laughs> Not Just yet. Say. Anyway, they have mentioned like <laughs> rabies and stuff. Um, but anyway, so uh, I like the game, and I, I, I do like it. But the, I have to spend a lot of time at the start taking bases and taking towers. Um, to feel like I was at least had a chance of like taking over a stronghold and stuff, um, because I don't know. I, I played a lot of like the, my first like five to six hours. I played this game listening to podcasts. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you weren't really concentrating. You know, it was just it was very passive. I was just going around, taking uh, like driving to a, a tower, like a like a radio tower, getting that. And then getting a few strongholds. I'm really struggling on those strongholds, but I, don't know, I just kept on going and kept on going. So eventually, I, I worked it out. And now I'm at a point where I feel like I'm strong enough, you know, because you can level up your characters and all stuff. It makes. I think it makes a big difference once you get the bow and arrow and you get that leveled up a bit and you have a so silent I don't, sniper. Right? I don't use the bow and arrow at all. Oh, I use that loads because because especially if you've got you know like a lookout stood on a rooftop you can just take them out and then you can go and recollect your arrows again after you've killed them so it's, it's really and it's silent totally silent good way of getting taking out anyone on the perimeters and using you know like rocks to distract people to like, uh, well draw I prefer them away. just taking them down with the the melee thing like right again there are some things that this game does fantastically well like the the melee combos right. It's probably one of my favourite fucking things in gaming. Like you, you can. There's so many ways you can string together different melee. You can't believe stopping them hitting that freaking alarm. If you, unless you've silenced the alarms, it's a nightmare. But I always do that if, first. I always sneak. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do that bit and first. Then, like, otherwise, you get clocked. For example, I'll just show you what I did. Right where I there's two guys below me. I jumped down, killed them both because I had to unlock that. Bang, bang. And then around the corner, there was another guy I hadn't seen. Killed him with a melee, threw a knife at the other guy. All right. And then 
no, I killed him with a melee, and then there's another guy close, killed him with a melee, and then threw a knife at the other guy. I took out like six, five, six guys at once without. Yeah, that is cool. And it, you, you string it together perfectly. But that's it's a, that's so a little good. bit like by Splinter Cell, isn't it? You feel you feel you. when you've done it, like yeah, like Splinter Cell. You feel when you've done it like a fucking badass. You just yeah. feel awesome. Um, yeah, it takes a while to level up though. You know, it does. Uh, it, 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 it does. Really, it just doesn't introduce you to the world very well. And maybe that's on purpose, like to show you how harsh everything is. And but it, it just, it was, it felt difficult to put in the Xbox. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think maybe some developers forget that. You know, there's, 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 I've, I've, people have lives. You know what I mean? Like not all these gamers are, are going to be just playing this game constantly. And there's other games I'm and there's other things. Sit and learn how to play this game. Yeah, look, because I mean, games yeah. have a, an uphill battle from the start because every game you play has to introduce new game mechanics. You know what I mean? It has to learn. It has to teach you every time. Yeah. Um, which is which is difficult. Which is why first-person shooter controls have sort of, um, you know, prolapsed in a way. You know what I mean? They've all just kind of settled down into this. Left trigger is the aim, then the iron sights and all that stuff, and grenade is on the right bumper, because they don't want to teach you too much, and you, and you feel like when you play Far Cry, you, you well, kind of no know the control. A lot of times to change anything. Yeah, because you know it works. Don't if it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. So, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I do like Far Cry. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a massive, massively ambitious game. You know, open world is something that most developers struggle with. Rockstar do it so well, but again. They spend a hundred million dollars and five years making the game, so that's what it takes to make such a polished open world. Fallout and Skyrim do it in maybe a two, three year cycle, but they're full of bugs. You know what I mean? Like they, they, I mean they get away with it because they're great, but they still mess it up. So it's really ambitious, I, I, and, and I think it's an improvement on Far Cry 2. But I, I, there are some things that like really stop me from playing it. Yeah, there's this there's this section. Are we still have I still got people's attention? Yeah. Right. Uh, I get worried. Uh, when no one's responded to me. I feel like you you fell asleep. Uh, it's because we're bored. Bro. No, we're not bored really. A joke. It was a joke. Carry on. Sometimes Carry on. what you say hurts my feelings. <laughs> uh, there's Carry certain on. things in it that really take you out of the game. Um, that, that there's like you know you got your main missions right, but then you got your side missions, and your side missions are just. You, you see the same character models all the time. It's the same fucking woman, right? Yeah. And it's the same fucking bloke in different clothes. And there was this one side mission where I was sat down on a table and I was playing fucking identical twins. You know, there's yeah. a... But, that, but again, that's limitations. I know, I know, I know. I know. The right. that is, there's, there's yeah. only so many models you can get in the game, but it really yeah. fucking sucks you out of the game. Um, and then there's... There's this one mission where this woman says, oh, I saw this plane crash through the window and she's in a hut with no fucking windows. <laughs> Maybe she was in another hut and then at the I was, time. I was thinking, this is stupid. She, she doesn't even have any windows in a hut. So <laughs> and then I went down to the... So you have to kind of prove that she's not crazy. Like every, She says, like, everybody in the village doesn't listen to me. I saw this plane crash through a window. Everyone um, in the village doesn't work? Ha! <laughs> Get it? And... and 
Well, so just a bit, let me get this straight. So she saw a plane crash through the window, which presumably would have made a loud noise, but nobody else saw it, so they don't believe it. Listen, right, so I was like, (laughs) okay, whatever. And and then you you go on one of those glider things and you find the plane wreckage, right? So you think, okay, so you think, okay, right, fine. And then you see a guy down there and you say, like, what are you doing here? It's like, well, I live here. This this plane wreckage has been here 10 years, (laughs) right? Ah, so she so was then, making So it I up. then think, actually, her looking through the window does make sense. She was just fucking crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of fun. Um, but, like, apart from the side missions, I don't really like the hunting missions very much, uh, but I like the side missions where you have to kill people because you have to kill them with a knife. So it always kind of gets you... You can't just run in gun blazing. Well, you can, but you that final person, if you kill him with the gun, you have to restart it or... Uh, I, I don't know. I've never failed on it, so... But I like those side missions. I've never the, failed. Uh, the main missions, though, are really well done. Like, they're always really exciting. They're always cool environments. Um, and the acting in it is superb. You know, you've got Vars, who's the... Who, Vars, or whatever his fucking name is, the guy who's insane... Um, and your enemy, and he, he he's great. He's just fantastic, and it's the, the the whole cast is really well acted. I'm really um, impressed uh, with with the acting, it, and you know, and the animations, and and I, I just kind of done a mission where it kind of hinted that somebody was getting raped, you know, but it wasn't like oh, you know, you totally. It, it just it was really um, approached very well. Um, it didn't spell it out for you. It didn't say this guy got ripped now or whatever. You know, it just it just 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 did it enough. Um, That's four, dude. And yeah, I, I feel like Vars. The, 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 where I'm at now, like for people that played it, I'll just say that I crashed it on a helicopter and Vars found me. Right, and what happened slightly after that is really weird. Um, and the, the the story keeps on taking like really interesting turns, um, so I'm impressed. I, I, it, but it's been an uphill battle for me to like this game. It hasn't. The game hasn't made it easy for me to like it. You know what I mean? It's playing hard to get. I feel. Um, but eventually, like I, I did start to come around and like it. So yeah, Far Cry Three, very good, very impressed. Uh, I will very slog good. on with it. Anything else for you? I'm really playing. I mean, I've been playing a lot of Halo Wars. Um. Yeah. Which is yeah, and there's not a lot else you can really add. About no, that, I mean, there? there's we we um we we beat some kind of really high rank players. They you know the the, the the kind of taboo in Halo Wars is rushing. For people that don't know, in an RTS, rushing is you rush the other enemy as quick as you can with like really small units, but. Because the other enemy is probably trying to build, they don't have anything, then you rush, so the game's over before it begins. And it's a little bit of a kind of like a, an, unreal, an unwritten... It's the, it's, the, it's the bad way to win, you know? It's, it's, it's not a great way to win. Um, and this, there's these two high ranks playing me and Matt, and they've rushed us, and we counterbalance. We, we thought they might, because there's always this combination that people pick to rush. Right, and we thought they might do it. So before the game even begins, before we've even seen any of their units, before we've even built any of their units, you press the back button, you see what rank they are, you see what characters they are, and you kind of know what they might do. Um, right. 
so we thought they might rush us. So we built some stuff to kind of counter it. They came over, counter, we counted them, and we, we counted them like just about. You know what I mean? Like Matt was almost quitting. He was like, oh, we're done, we're done. And we, we just about held them off. And then we attacked them, and we it serves them fucking right to rush us. Because uh, you know when they rush you and you survive, they've got nothing left. So if you've got anything, you send it straight over. Yeah, no, fair um, So, yeah, we've had some good battles on Halo Wars. But, yeah, there you go. That's me done. There you go. Right. Well, at that point, uh, we're doing the final of our three music-themed middle parts of the show. So this is the final <laughs> one. Now, some of these we've already covered in previous uh, shows, but we will play them because, obviously, people submitted them. So we will do a quick play of each yeah. one. But we might not talk about all of them as much because some of them we've already Speak for yourself. Covered. I'm going to talk about all of these. Well, let's do the let's let's do the very first one then, which was submitted by Andrew Kirk. So let's have a listen to that. So there you go. That's the first one of the night. Chinny, any ideas no what that's idea. from? No idea. No idea. No idea. Duke, did you know before you read where it was of from? Of course not. No, I didn't. And to be fair, I haven't played this particular game, but Chinny may have done. But that's from Silent Hill 2, and it's called The Theme of Laura. I did play that game. And so that's where that's from. Um, but I haven't played it. I did play quite a bit of Silent Hill, and I've got to say it was creepy as hell. You know, the updated HD-ified version. So that music doesn't sound creepy. No, I think that... Mm. I don't know whether that's an end theme or Could something. Be. I don't really know. Could be. Um, it doesn't feel like a, a sort of creepy Silent Hill 2 It feels theme, like you I'm kind of really won, honest. but you didn't win. Sung. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it sort of does. Yeah, so maybe that's what it is. Uh, what did you What did you think of What did you think of Silent Hill Two? Then she needs a good I game. I remember liking it back in the day. I remember watching. I think I watched my brother play it more than I played it, and my brother loved it. So, I mean, a lot of people like this better than the first one. Didn't yeah, they? the first one wasn't as good as this one. I don't think. Yeah, I didn't get as far as trying it. Like I say, it was it was on the disc, but I sent it back before I even bothered to try Silent Hill 2, so apologies for that. But I like the music. I thought the music was good. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, so next one up from Phil Mulholland. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing Duke loves this choice. I'm working in the flea market so early. I've been working here since my mama was a baby. Just because the rhythm is slow. That don't mean that you can't flow In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got to get the funky flow Got to get the funky flow In the rain or in the snow In the rain or in the snow Got to get the funky flow Got the funky funky flow All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly All you ever need is to be nice and friendly Rich, the key is See of everybody from way up above. 
Do you know, I've heard so much about this game over the years with Duke being here and playing songs from it. I feel like I should definitely have played this game, but just obviously I, don't, I have no idea if it would hold up. It probably wouldn't. It was a game of its time. This is from Parappa the Rapper, if anybody doesn't know. Uh, it was a one of the earliest rhythm... It, probably the first rhythm game I ever played. Uh, you pressed on the PS1, you pressed the X, the circle, the square, the triangle in time with the music in order to rap. And it didn't always work perfectly. It was the early days of rhythm games. So, And it was trying to not only... you know, It's, it, it's one thing in Rock Band to hit the bass drum every time the orange thing comes along. But it was another in this game because you were putting together lyrics. So it, it wasn't perfect, but it was the music was so well done. As you could hear, there's this reggae frog talking about, I've been working in the flea market since my mama was a baby. How cool is that? And all the music was good. It wasn't the best rapping ever. In fact, it was exactly what you'd expect. Weird Japanese versions of what they think rap music is like, which is fine because it's fun. And, uh, yeah, I just I love that. It does. I mean, from the music, it does sound cool, but I just don't know. I mean, Chini, have you ever played Parappa the Rapper then? I have not. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, short and sweet. I remember... um, I remember I had a, you know, those like discs that came with like magazines and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I remember seeing it on there, and it was quite well received on there. I remember it like I was talking about it and all this. I just thought it looked shit, but I was a kid. <laughs> I was a kid back then, you know. What I mean, you, there's no guns. You, what you the hell? I was really into like Mortal Kombat and <laughs> well, you know I was really into like Mario by then you know so if it yeah. wasn't Mario or Nintendo I wasn't really it's interested it's a bit of a Mario vibe at certain points because like you know you jump out into space for no reason you have to go to the bathroom so my, it, shows... my, my, it was on the PS1 right yeah because my PS1 experience was lived through my brother he had the PS1 yeah so I sort of kind of played what he bought yeah so I, I, you know, my brother wouldn't really buy Parappa. Though. He, might, he might know. <laughs> um, but when when he's, he, he was a teenager back then, I was a, I was a kid, so he wouldn't have bought it back then. Yeah. There you go. Right, moving on to the next one. It is from James Looney. <laughs> I've got to say, that's very Japanese, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sort of reminds me of Zelda, but I don't know what it is. It is Zelda-ish, but it isn't Zelda. It isn't Zelda. It's Chrono Trigger that comes from. I've I've never played this. I've heard people talk about Chrono Trigger. I've never played it. Everyone loves it, don't they? It's one of those games that everyone seems to really love. Duke, have you played Chrono Trigger? No, I have not. So we can't, unfortunately, we can't say a lot about that, but thank you for your submission, but we'll have to move on because it's not something we can really talk about because none of us would be really into those. Yeah, it was good tune. I never had an SCNES. I mean, I had one for like a month or something. I don't remember why or what happened to it. That was the best month of your life. 
No. It was a best month. But I do, I do know this is remembered with fond memories for people who did play it. So uh, for all those people, there you go. That was for you. Uh, next one up is from Richard Hardy. Right, come on, Chini, what was that from? Max Payne 3. Well done. Well done. Oh, um, here, I got it. Have you, um, have you played Max Payne 3, Stu? I finished it, yes. Duke? I played and finished it. Nope. Finished it. So, do, played, the demo, the played the multiplayer. I, had the, I got it from Gamefly for our play date or something, and then oh, yeah. the multiplayer. Can you, can you remember the part that played that music, Stu? I can't actually know. I fucking love that bit. Which bit was you, that? You're going through an airport. Oh, is that right near, right the, near end? the end? Yeah. Oh yes, I know which bit it Fantastic. is. Fantastic. Well, you just, I just didn't yeah. want it to end. You know, like just. It suits. It suits what was, was going, going on. on. I was like, fuck yes. Yes. So there you go. We, I mean, we can't say a lot more about that because we talked about Max Payne three on Chini's choices, so we have done that. Uh, but you know, it's a, it's a good game. You know. Don't know what else we can say, really. Oh, and, the whole soundtrack was done by one band. Yeah, Rockstar picked good music for their mm. games. Let's say that. Right, next one up. Let's have a listen to this. This is from Antonio Phillips. Oh, Before I we play what it, it's any, from. Any guesses what game this might be from? You know, I've got to say, it's actually quite a good piece of music. I might think, actually, that game sounds quite good from the music. <laughs> well, the song sounded all right. I don't know about the game. It did sound all right. But, yeah. Uh, Chini, any ideas what that was from? Probably but you can't Naruto. Guess. Correct. It was from Naruto. I know. Uh, I know. I, still, I, I mean, I have played demos, so I have actually tried them. But I don't know. It's just not my bag, I guess. So... As, uh, but thank you as, for the submission. We we look we played it because we you know we we wanted to uh, show that we are all encompassing. There as Aziz you know, Ansari said play. about one um, MTV show, he said eh, it's just not my cup of tea. Mostly because I don't like big piles of shit in my tea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, next one up is from Stu Lecky. So let's have a listen to that.
Do you know when when we used to go to the arcades and and that game was there to be played? And we'll come to that in a minute. I used to think it was amazing. You know, I always thought it was brilliant. Any ideas what that was from, Chini? Nope. Nope. Duke, did you know what that was from? I, I, I see a list of words here, and then I open up the music, so it's it's really no fair to ask me. Yeah, but did you know what it was from? Maybe to just listen to it, would you no. have known? No, it's from Outrun. No? I know that now. You're saying it like, <laughs> hey, guess what it's from? Anyway, um, my only memory of Outrun is the when you crashed though you get flown out of the, you know you get tossed out of the convertible and then the woman you're riding with would point at you and i was always like yeah. why are you pointing at me you think i don't know that i caused the crash <laughs> like I'm po- it was you it was your fault i know you stupid lady i liked outrun but it, i used to i mean when i think back on it now again it was designed purely to take your money off you because you know to hit those checkpoints and carry on playing yeah was extremely difficult, you know, and they got shorter every single time, didn't they? And then it was continue, put more credits in, you know, that was what it was all about, wasn't it? Like the Waterworld game on The Simpsons. Yeah, and I remember, right, when, I, when I'm a ZX Spectrum 48K, you know, going back in the day, oh, that uh, is that a, a version of this game came out for that, and I was like, it's got to be brilliant, I can play Outrun at home, I won't have to go to the arcades anymore, and it was totally shit. And it was just sprites, like coloured sprites going left and right. And it looked absolutely nothing like the, <laughs> the proper game in the arcade. And I thought, this is a bag of shit. That was your first introduction yeah, yeah. to the letdown of home gaming. It certainly was. I was all excited. And then it came and I was just not excited anymore. Um, I wasn't excited so anymore. I was. Uh, so next choice up is from C.P. Matthew and also Sean Hutton both recommended this one. I guess we all know what that's of course we do do. my first introduction to the xbox was a friend of mine named jonathan and he had one when i had a ps2 and i wasn't really interested in it because uh, whatever um but he was obsessed with halo he and he he's not a huge gamer but he loved the story of halo so i remember on numerous occasions he'd put it on and even while we were just hanging out he would just have the title screen with uh, and and so every time I hear that theme, I think of just hanging out with my friend John and him trying to get me to play Halo just by like tempting me with the music. I think it's an interesting. I mean, when you when you break it down as to what it, you know, a Gregorian chant, you know, it's kind of an interesting use of that, isn't it? Yeah. In sort of a sci-fi, very futuristic game, you know, to have that as as the use for music, and then obviously laid with the. You know, guitarist, because that was the battle theme from Halo, which was specifically requested um, by CP. But I, I think it does exemplify what that game's all about, doesn't it? When you listen to that music, you, you know, it makes you think of those 
three minute skirmishes that that you know that you do throughout the game. Uh, any any thoughts or comments on that one? Jim? No, but you know the 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 song is iconic. I think it's just uh, I think a lot of people connected with Halo because of the reason why I loved Halo was because um, you could get in you could play co-op, right? And you could get in vehicles, and it was a first-person shooter at the same time. That doesn't sound like a big deal now, right? But on a it console yeah, yeah. in 2001, that was a big deal. That was huge. Yeah. Um, and I think only Battlefield, really. I was going to say, Star Wars, man. Star, it, but, Star Wars. Uh, Battlefield. But 1942, Battlefield 1942 was the kind of the next kind of thing that got us excited to do that because Marsh was always fascinated with playing games co-op uh, and still is. And he loved the fact that we could drive a warthog, get out, shoot people, go back in the warthog together and then fly up. One of us could fly off in another vehicle while the other person's driving a warthog and people jump on it. That was like the massive appeal for the game. The, the other part was the music. The music is what kind of, like just keeps you going and, and really like you feel awesome with that music kicking in you're driving along with your mates and everything it just it was a fantastic experience um and it was kind of one of the first times where you just felt really epic doing stuff it was the first time where music really started to sound like music in games and yeah. uh you had these mass massive vast open areas which i really missed from halo 4 you know these big open areas like four like three scarabs or two scarabs that you got in Halo 3, and just, oh, it was fantastic. So, yeah, love it. There you go. So, good choices, uh, good, good choice. choice. Uh, the next one up is from John Nesbitt, bringing us a bit more up-to-date, it has to be said. Now, greetings to the world. Vice of the one big gangzilla alongside Skrillex. Semphano! Owee! Up the place, turn up the place and make them all out fun. How we have blaze the fire, make it fun. Them we must up the place, turn up the place and make some fun. Why run? And we will end your week just like a Sunday. We must up the place, turn up the place and make them all out fun. Connect and blaze the fire, make it fun. Them we must up the place, turn up the place and make some fun. Why run? And we will end your week just there you go. Good, good place to end there, Duke. I like yeah. that. on a good bit. Um, any ideas you need? Well, I, I played through it. I, last week, I, yeah. I experienced this very moment in Far Cry 3, where you, uh, you, it, it's, it's, it's the turning point for the game, but also I feel like it's the turning point for the character as well. You play as Jason Brody, who's this guy who kind of he's a bit of a, a hipster, and he's got all these hipster mates, and he's, his brother's an army guy. Um, but he's the one that's left with the responsibility of getting everyone. Um, and it, kind of before this, he's very reserved. He's very kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this. And this mission where where you have to burn some crops is the first time you, you kind of see Jason enjoying this type of life, you know, this, this craziness. Um, and that's when the, the Skrillex song comes in as well. So I thought it was a really good point of the game where... Uh, it, it makes it fun for the player. You know, the song makes it fun for the player, which makes it, it makes you relate to the character why it's fun for him. And but it, I think it's kind of the start of his demise into kind of what he enjoys doing and why he's doing it. 
so that's really interesting, I think. But yeah, it's so good. Good use of music in the I game. Think so. that did what it was and supposed to do. And also, it's a fucking wicked song. Uh, so, it is uh, a wicked it, song. It, you know, say. dubstep's kind of like come and gone now in, in terms of like. Which means it's okay to like it now. Yeah, it which means it's cool. Yeah. Said, I played Skrillex before school started. People would be like, oh, you're listening to Skrillex, bitch. Shut up. I was listening to a noisy electronic music 10 years before anybody called it anything. So don't give me this hubbub about, are you just like it because of me? Yeah. I do a lot of like 15 years. You so want to be down with the kids. Obviously, That's why like. I'm going to get a certain kind of complaint that I have to respond to that most people don't deal with. Okay, moving on. So thank you for that, John. Great song choice, got to say. Great song. Um, next one's from uh, Rafid Prowanto. Or Prowanto. So, apologies. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a noisy piece of music to begin with. So, by the way, I was saying apologies for if I've done a mispronunciation of your name at the beginning. There. So that's why I was saying apologies in case I've got the pronunciation wrong. Yes. Uh, that's if you're listening at all, because it could just be some random person who's just commented on the post on the, on the Facebook. Uh, but, yeah, do you know what that's from, Chini? I recognise it. I, I've, I've played this game recently. Whatever this is, okay. I've played it recently. I recognise it. I don't think you have. No, I don't think he has, but he may have done. I reckon hey, the song now. I'll give you a hint, Shinny. Is it really Call of Duty? Yeah. It's Call of Duty World at War, that is. That comes you haven't from. played that recently. I haven't. Not for a long time. No, <laughs> I have. Uh, and, and, you know, only about 30% of the people who own this game have probably played it anyway, so have <laughs> heard that piece of music. Yeah. Because most of the people don't bother with the single-player game, no. do they? It's just straight on the multiplayer. Uh, but I thought kind of a cool piece of music. Now, I imagine in the game that's a, probably quite a an impressive set piece or something like that within the game. But having never played it, I couldn't comment. Probably. I, I, I got to but, the yeah. first storming of the beach, and there were Japanese people up in the trees. And I was like, forget this. Too many grenades, too much chaos. I couldn't figure out what to do. I was like... Yeah, yeah, and I was going through my phase of I'm not playing no Call of Duty games or rip-offs putting the price up because you know people will buy them. Well, you, you, which you're still in that phase. I'm still, still in that phase, but I did play the last Don't worry, Duke. It, it's I only still on am, but I was in that phase Don't too. worry, Duke. They're unpopular now, so you'll stop playing them. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop playing them. I, still, I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to. Yeah. Next one we sort of already played when Duke was doing his choices because he decided to add this in, but we'll play it again because it's such a Ladies great song. Let's play it Please again. turn your speakers way, way oh. up. Oh. Laughing under the circumstances, I've been shockingly nice. We want your freedom to begin. 
Um, I think as a treat as well, you should line up um, Still Alive. Yeah. I think you should play I'm sick that, still, we haven't uh, played to be honest. Yeah, we haven't played that. Anyway, that was recommended by Ralph Finch, so thank you very much for that. And we're not going to talk about the game because we've talked about Portal 2 way too much. Sure, let's talk. It's uh, a good game. Uh, the next one was, we got an email tonight, so this one's only hot off the press, this one came. Yeah. Uh, and we actually got a, a, an actual file, and it's from a Fumu, otherwise known as Fraser Moores, from the Transatlantic Rant, so let's have a listen to it. You know, this game had some great. All music. the Wipeout games have great music. That first, really? that was the first. I think that was probably the first video game soundtrack I ever bought, and I bought it like a probably a year before I bought the game. And it's so good. It's got Future Sound on it. It's got Orbital. It's got uh, Fotech. Nobody was playing Fotech back then, man. Still, nobody knows Fotech. Uh, somebody who listens to Fotech, write in and tell me you love Fotech. Uh, um, Daft Punk, the music, which is a good song. I didn't care for their first album very much, but music's awesome. I thought the first album was great. I love the funk. Yeah, have you ever seen the video to the funk? Yeah, yeah. Such a great video. Good stuff, man. Yeah, great choice. I mean, I like to say um, it was great because a lot of that was just standalone dance music, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Which was very cool. Classics. Uh, I've only ever played a couple of Wipeout games. I just found them really difficult. Oh, they're difficult. All right. Really hard. Chini, you, are you a Wipeout fan? I've played it a few times. I can't remember what system I played it on, but I remember playing it. Probably the PS1, or maybe on the PS3, because yeah. they re-released some stuff. Okay. Next one up is from Chris Hollis, so let's have a listen to that. The last Metroid is in captivity. The galaxy is at peace. Do you know what I'd say about that, right? If I heard that, if I put a game in when I was about 11 and that piece of music came on, I'd be just like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just the whole sound of it and the feel of it. Um, it's very I've never, Yeah, I've never played a Metroid game. Never I played, played the first one. one to death. I loved the first one back in the day on the original NES, but that was the only one I ever played. Yeah, that's from Super Metroid on the SNES, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chinny, you played the you play yeah, Metroid yeah, or I Super loved Metroid? Metroid? Super Metroid, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, introduced to it um, by my brother, but yeah, you know, I, I played it, sneaked it on when he was out. Loved it, loved it. And now, and now, it is a commonly coined phrase for any games that have lo- that has locked sections that you have to find stuff to open them. It? Metroidvania or whatever it is, you know, that's. Uh, a commonly coined phrase now from one game. That's it. So there you go. Well, no, interesting. From Castlevania and Metroid. Yeah, and and two. Metroid. Yeah, combined. Two games. Sorry, two games. Come on. Metroidvania. 
So any where you've got a huge area to explore, but you've got to unlock stuff to get to certain places. So that's cool. Uh, the next one is from Jason. Just I did not single. intend to fade it out when the vocals started. I have no idea if any of these have vocals or not. So I was just fading it out, and it faded out when the vocals hit. So Sorry. It did. That's the sorry. world sometimes. Yeah. Do you know, I feel like I need to go back and, and finish this game I and play more. Play it. I bought it, I think, recently. Maybe. Yeah, I've played quite a bit of it. You know, I have played quite a bit of it. But I feel like I need to go back and play more of it. That's pretty much every game in your collection, isn't it? <laughs> no, not every game. I, fin- I finished game. Max Payne 3. Just saying. Want a cookie? Yeah, I do want a cookie. Mm. I want a Blue Peter badge. That's what I want for doing that. Um, Chinny Bastion, have you, have you played nope. this? Yeah, you see, I'm shocked at you not playing this because I think you would like it. Uh, potentially. I love the demo. Yeah, yeah, I think you would like so, it. Great narration and great music. You know, it really did have a great soundtrack to it. Right so. I know, it's like that, isn't it? It's like, oh, one of those games... Just you know, never when I was watching Indie Game the movie, I was like, I felt bad because I didn't buy Super Meat Boy because I just didn't want to be frustrated at that moment in time. You know what I mean? That's all it takes for me to not buy that game. Like, they've worked their fucking bollocks off to play and make it. And I play it for like 10 minutes and go, yeah, this is really good, but I just don't feel like being frustrated, so I'm not going to play it. Yeah, I'll go and do something else. Yeah. I think I was playing Red Dead at the same time as well. So. Oh, well, that's going to draw you away from anything, yeah. isn't it, really? So, Anyway, thank you, Jason, for your suggestion. And uh, next one was Paul Hurt, so let's have a listen to that. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I'm assuming this was from a Commodore 64, so yep. a long time ago. Now, I am, I am potentially assuming this was possibly shit, because it was a movie tie-in game. Oh, uh, movie tie-in came... game from uh, way back in the day, which is when they were the worst. Yeah, they were terrible, but this, this was from Platoon. Now, I'm sure that Paul's got some rose-tinted glasses that he sees this game as being amazing when it came out, and it, maybe like it was. Music. Maybe it was, but the music was kind of cool. The one I really remember off Commodore 64 was Commando. Yeah. Did you ever play yeah. that? That was that was good. That was good. That was, that was good. So there you go. That's the one I really remember. And pa- I remember playing Paperboy on that. Um, talking to Paperboy, did you see this dude who's combined Connect, a real bicycle on a stand, you know, like you have for exercising, uh, yeah. and Oculus Rift to play Paperboy? Oh, that would be wicked. 
so he's like throw, doing a throwing action and obviously the the connects registering that he's throwing a paper and then obviously it's happening on screen and, and he's obviously pedaling along which controls the speed of his bike on the on the game I see that being really cool or really stupid it okay. really stu- oh. it looks really stupid playing it but yeah that's every Oculus Rift in it it is that's every motion control thing you can have all combined yep. so there you go there you go. Did, but he did look very stupid. Um, next one up uh, is from Robin Brown. I've got to say, great choice. This very good. You know the song. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that resonates so much with me from when I actually finished that game and was like, saw the end credits. Still haven't finished it. I've never finished. Have you never finished it? Oh my god! I got it again recently. I think somebody gave it to me, and I was. They did. And it's funny because I think I played it just this last week, which I didn't talk about, but whatever. Um, first of all, the most ludicrous thing in the world. I see you drove here in your Ferrari. Like when he gets to the office, it's like, hello, Dr. Dr. Yeah, the I computer. see you drove here in your Ferrari. Because it's like, in the future, the computer will be able to see what key's in your pocket. And meanwhile, yeah. it's completely stupid. Why would the robot say that to you? I see. Because the AI is intelligent in this game. It knows you. It's a great it's game, but I, you know, we've reached a point where those checkpoints are so far apart by today's standards. And this game is rock oh, hard. Oh, God, it's rock hard. Which is, in and of itself, a hideous, horrible thing. But when the checkpoints are so far apart, oh, God, no. You know, I remember when I played this, because for anyone who's wondering, it's another world, by the way, if you, if, or out of this world, as it was known in America, if, you, if you're not sure what it was. Um, and I remember, I remember getting, I think it was like Commodore Amiga User Magazine or something like that, and it had a walkthrough in it telling you how to get past each bit of the game because I got stuck at some point it's in the game. of them. Yeah, and and there was a like a pit and it was just pictures and you just had to follow the pictures to to know what to do at what point and I remember getting to the end and I was like, "Yes, I've done it." Even though I sort of cheated. Wow, well, whatever. <laughs> but it, but it, it wasn't a real cheat. Yeah. And that, and that's all you had to go off back in those days if you if you were lucky, yep. you know, you might have something in a magazine that would yep. help, but other than that you were screwed. Uh, but she yeah. said yeah! someone in a magazine in the hell get it yeah, sex there jokes you go. I get you yeah uh, anyway so thank you, you require a three bedroom bisexual house share Chini have you ever ever played Another World yeah oh you played did you finish no why aren't you constantly right. gushing about it like me and Stu because I never got, I never I know, got Atari I liked the first cutscene I was like oh this is cool and then I was like Oh, this game's hard as shit. Most people's experience with that game. Thing. <laughs> it's a load this, of shit. No, no, I, this that. game is hard as shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, hard as shit. Yeah. Do you know? I believe if you if you do it from end to end without dying, it takes about twenty five minutes believe, to finish. Uh, yeah. I think it is. I, I have no idea. Hours. Either would anyone else? I was playing about three it's hours swinging that, that fucking cage. Oh. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Swinging the cage. Swinging the cage. That's what they call it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, next one's up from so thank you, Robin, for that. Very cool. I like it. Uh, next one's from Thomas Humble. Penis. You know, if anything, I'll, I prefer that piece of music from Mass Effect 2 than I do from some of the stuff from Mass Effect 3 that we played last week. Yeah, it's a great piece of music. But yeah, what it signified, in, it was like the biggest turning point in Mass Effect 2, and I still think possibly Mass Effect 2 was my favourite of the three oh, games. Oh yeah, definitely. Here we go. See, that's good. And it doesn't like use itself up it's still building in a way like it's 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 not like this is the end of it all it's all still plodding along and i think as well once because that was the point of no return in the game wasn't it once you got to that point you couldn't go back yeah um when that that sort of music came in i just think it's a it's a very cool piece of music i mean anything to say on this one chinny good (laughs) it's good it's good, you can't. Some of the best game music of recent times, in my opinion, for Mass Effect, and you know the whole of that uh, game series really is re- just really excellent. So great I suggestion. I do love the, the work that Clint Mansell did there. Fucking love that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Game series as a whole is great. Um, next one is from Christian Barkley. So let's have a listen to that. Do you know what that's from, Chini? It's It rings a bell. It's from a game with two words in the title. And it came out in 1993. Yep. God, what is that? The initials are CF. CF, yeah, yeah. Cannon fodder. Ah, there you go. Well done. Oh, right there. <laughs> what the hell's cannon fodder? <laughs> is this... I have no idea. Really? No, I never played oh this. Oh my gosh. It was from Sensible it's... Software as well, and I really should have done. Oh, God, You know, these guys made Sensible World of Soccer, which I loved. God, I'm Follow was a game where it was on the Amiga for me. I don't know if it was on the... It was a Commodore Amiga. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, 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 it was like a kind of isometric view. And it was sort of like Halo Wars, <laughs> uh, but you, you're only controlling the troops. You're only controlling like little soldiers, and they were very replaceable. You know, they died all the time. And it was left click on the mouse to shoot, and you just aim and shoot at the people, and you see them. And right click was grenade, 
and you had to kind of hide around cover and stuff and it was just like this click and, and shoot and move and grenade and then um, you, you had a lot of troops, troops that died and all the troops that died it was really weird because like at the start yeah. of our mission there's, there's, at the start of our mission there's a queue of um, soldiers queuing up to be the next in line and obviously they're all cannon fodder and they at the end of every mission they would be like you'd see all the people that died in their graves it was like really sad music God. so it was like quite dark and i didn't know what cannon fodder meant when i was a kid um but that's how i learned like well, i heard it like much later and i was like all oh, right so that's why that game was see that game had meaning yeah, yeah. crystal value it, it was pretty dark yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty it's like funny. These, xkcd XKCD did a comic one time where uh, it said, my Call of Duty mod didn't really catch on with the gaming community. And it was uh, telling the life story of each person as you shot them. So it's like, his brother and he haven't talked in two years. <laughs> his wife is pregnant. <laughs> his mom's sick. terrible. Yeah. So thank you for that. That's a, that was a good one for Chini. Look, elicited some memories for me. Memories. And the final one tonight, and this is the final of our music shows. Some people are going to be relieved. The end of an era. I know, they are. Some, and some people are going to go, oh, I enjoyed it, hopefully. But, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, it's from Psycho Womble, so let's have a listen to that. Silence through the night What a thrill I'm searching and I'll melt into you What a fear in my heart But you're so supreme Do you know, is, is that James Bond or is it just me? Sounds a lot like a James Bond song doesn't it? I'm amazed. I'm like, God, that's 007, but it isn't. What is it? Do you know what it, any ideas what this is from? I'll give you a clue. It's a Japanese game. All oh, right. No. <laughs> and it's very, very <laughs> cutscene heavy. Final Fantasy? Cut heavy, presume. No, no, no. Well, that's a good guess. <laughs> more cut, good guess, but more cutscene heavy than that. I don't know about that. There's a lot of cutscenes in Final Fantasy. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it has shooting. And stealth mechanics. Oh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it's from Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. That's what that's from. Right. So, yeah, never. I've only ever played Metal Gear Solid 4 and got bored. <laughs> so I did. I did attempt to play. Sorry, Snake just, fans. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. So, don't know. I might give five a whirl. You never know. You never know. Never say never is my motto. Never say. Yeah. Never. Crack. So they. Yeah, it's like yeah. You never know. Never say crack. Well, whatever you know. Try everything once is what I say. Apart from not recommend trying crack. Yeah, we don't we don't condone heavy drug use on this show. Not even once, y'all. Not not unless it's for medication that has been prescribed by a doctor. Don't. don't, What are you talking about, medication? No, I don't. I don't mean crack, officer. I don't mean the dodgy doctor who stands on the side of the road just calling himself the doctor because that's what feel good. I mean, a proper bam, bam. medical doctor with qualifications and all that sort of stuff. And actually has a practice and things. Um, he practices. 
thank you everybody for all the suggestions. Okay, let's do some quick emails and then get the hell out of mm-hmm. the emails, huh? Mm-hmm. That ruled. Okay. Spoiler. Uh, you know what? I'll not, oh my God. I'm not, not going to... No, I'm not going to mention the, the title of this email because there's no spoilers in the email, but the title is a spoiler, so I'll leave that out. Uh, it's from Jason. And he says this. Hey, guys. Hey. 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 I just watched the end of The Walking Dead video game again. I'm just curious, what was your most emotional experience uh, that you have had with a video game? That was it. So, was that it for you? That was the most emotional? Of course. Okay. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for me, but we'll come over to Chinny oh, first. That was the most emotional you've had playing a video game, dude. Yeah. It's yeah, that's what he's saying. But we'll come back to that in a minute. We'll like, I cried what, at the end of thing? Walking Dead the video game. I don't think I'd ever okay. cried at the end of a game before. Eco, okay. The end of Eco is very powerful. But I don't think it's like the end. I don't know. I think Eco was my most emotional game to play. The little girl. I thought the ending was really sad. I thought it was so. Oh no, not Eco. No, for me. Uh, no, I'll tell a lie. Mine was Shadow. No, Shadow of the Colossus was probably my most emotional game ending. That game was just sad. That game was really sad at the end. More sad than than Eco. Okay. Mm, Shadow of the Colossus mm-hmm. for me. Chinny for you. You, I mean, you've got a heart of stone. Have you ever got emotional playing a game? Rede- Apart from getting Rede- angry, guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That's up there as well. Gotta say, that's that's also up there, along with The Walking I felt, Dead. I felt physically sick after that. Did? Yeah. <laughs> what, really? I felt, you know, oh, you kind really? of have a kind of sick feeling. You go, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt, that's how I felt after that. Brilliant. Well, they did the job. They did the job, didn't they? Mm. Uh, and then he does say, I'm talking especially to the diva. So that yep. was aimed at you in the main. But, redemption uh, was, uh... See, his heart of stone doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't get affected by a rock star game, you know. Or, or, yeah, well, I guess it is affected by a rock star game. He can't keep his heart of stone when he's playing rock star. So then he did, he did make some guesses. So these were his guesses. He says, I'm guessing uh, with Duke, it was getting a silver sword in Skyrim. What? For some reason. Trying to mix up games uh, there, buddy. I think he's mixing games up there. Uh, since he won't play the better story game, The Witcher 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, don't, uh, I can't say because I haven't played Witcher 2, but it probably does have a better story. I don't play Skyrim for the story. Nobody does. Nobody does. Uh, Chini losing his virginity in a game of Halo Wars. No idea what that <laughs> <Okay>. means. <laughs> Uh, and Stu not having enough funds for that red dress in Animal Crossing. And no, Stu, I won't be cross-dressing with you. I've got better things to do, like go make a duty with Luigi in his mansion. Don't worry, Chinny. I'll give Luigi a good old-fashioned courtesy flush. By the way, <laughs> when is the wedding date, Chin? Brilliant. <laughs> I've missed him. I've missed his emails. Uh, by the way, in Animal Crossing, I never mentioned it. In Animal Crossing, there is now a firework display every Sunday throughout August. <laughs> Just saying. So there you go. Every Sunday evening, there's a firework display. It starts at seven and goes on till midnight. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, uh, anyway, really good shows lately, guys. But hopefully this week Stu spurs us the details on the consistency of his snot. Uh, no, I didn't mention that this week. Uh, though I hope you are feeling better, Mr. Stewart. Well, I am, so thank you very much. I really wish you wouldn't bash one of the better games of the past few years. Kentucky Route Zero is intelligent, superb, and full of life. Uh, well, I, I kind of agree, but I don't know. I just, I've not totally got it yet. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, I hope everyone gets a taste of what this game has to offer. I will give you a virtual high fives for picking a great song for your video game music dedication. Insert whistle here. Whistle. Anyway, I don't know what that means. I mean, I think he, oh, that's yeah, a premonition go. dumb song where he's whistling. Uh, I think that's what he's uh, mentioned. Upcoming quarter three is The Wolf Among Us. Any news on that game yet, Chinny? What's that? The Wolf Among Us. Uh, Do you know, I haven't said a lot of that. A lot about yeah, that. Let me check. Honest. He's checking. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> also, please tell us more about GTA 5 because GTA 4 sucked. Oh, well, this one I might like. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Are you trying to get a rise out of me, Agent Kuyan? <laughs> well. You know what I mean? GTA 5 is going to be amazing, isn't it, Chini? Just leave it at that. Yeah. G- GTA 5 is going to be. You know when Jesus popped up and he said like, "Yo, <laughs> he just you know, like, God guy that you've been worshiping, I'm his fucking son." All right. Yo, see this water? I'm walking on. Check it. out how it pop up. Um, Check out the wine that was water a minute that, ago. It's gonna be better than. No, that. I'm walking on it. What? Yeah. 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 There you go. That's. If Jesus that's was it, about now, he'd just have his own like kind of magic show on ITV, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would. He would. Look at this, loaves and fishes, I've now got a hundred. <laughs> uh, anyway, he carries on. Well, I started this email in my underwear, but I'm leaving in the nude. It's bubble bath Too much time, information. Boys. Now, where the hell is my rubber ducky? Oh, here it is. <laughs> so, thank you for that, I Ooh, guess. I guess. Uh, the next ones are from uh, Pink E. And he says this, Veteran Gamers for Life. It's very nice. Sweet. I just wanted to say that I've been pleasantly surprised by the last couple of shows. I did not think that video game music clips and discussion would be conducive to an entertaining podcast, but you guys have proved me wrong. Uh-huh. So much so, I will be glad. Person. I know, yeah. Uh, so much so, I will be glad to hear you guys make it part of future shows. Either way, thank you for the solid shows and many laughs. Uh, before I go, I'd like to include some quick facts, ones you might be interested in. Chini's pick of the 16-bit Breaking Bad video is funny and a must-see for any fan. The last eight episodes of Breaking Bad began airing on August... Uh, begin airing, sorry. Uh, the last eight episodes of Breaking Bad begin airing on August 11. Bitch. Uh, there is an Ocarina app on the iPhone that allows you to blow into the mic to make it work. It also allows you to hear other crappy Ocarina players try and play this beautiful music from around the world, which is kind of funny. And there is also a remake of the early 90s game Flashback being made. Well, we know that's a summer of arcade game. So that's coming out at some point in the very near future. Hopefully it turns out good. I love the original. I'd ask you to play a music clip, but the music sucked. So there you go. So thank you very much. And in case people haven't Uh, heard it, that uh, reference to Breaking Bad uh, also appears elsewhere in our show. Yeah, bitch! 
Do you know what's kind of funny about that? And I've I've heard it, but not quite figured out what it is. But in the background, there's YouTube very low saying, "Yeah, it's got that breaking bug connection." Yeah, that's when we were talking about what we should call it. Ah, because I always think, is that? Did I hear him say something, or did it just me hearing things? Yeah, but I think I heard it very distinctly. This isn't then. in there at all. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, right, final email, and this is what I was alluding to earlier. It's quite a big one, so I'll try and get through this to give us a little bit of time to discuss it. But uh, the email's from Derek Sains, and the title is Killing Me Softly With His Gun. Okay, so this is what he has to say. He says, hello, veteran gamer gentlemen. Hello. And, and Chini. Uh, Only uh, joking. Only joking, I would never call Stu and Duke gentlemen. Uh, uh, double thing. Uh, 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 got us twice, got us twice. Uh, why are we saying ah? I want to talk to you about death, specifically death in video games. Okay. I'm not talking about killing or murdering aliens, animals, cyborgs, monsters, mutants, robots, vampires, zombies, and other assorted bodies. I'm talking about ending the life of another human being, but we're talking a video game human being, not a real one. Over the last 20 years, I've probably been responsible for tens of thousands of on-screen deaths and wonder if video game designers are taking the soft option and making it too easy for us not to care about how we shoot, stab, blast, slice, and mash our way to the next level of game. Now, I'm not one for video game censorship where death is concerned. If anything, I'd like things to be a bit more explicit, more gruesome, and more disturbing. Just think how you would feel if someone close to you was killed or murdered. You'd probably feel numb, shocked, and angry. How many times have you felt that way about a video game character? Not many times, I guess. Well, we've mentioned one tonight already, which was obviously Red Dead Redemption, and there have been a few more recently. Uh, but what's prompted this train of thought? In two words, next generation. I'm not talking about Star Trek. There is much talk about Xbox One and PS4 generating photorealistic graphics, but I'm guessing the gameplay ethic of shoot, smash, blast first, ask questions later is still firmly in place. I would imagine so. You could argue that video games should remain firmly removed from the harsh realities of real life, but I would like to see more games where you have a choice to go through the game without killing anyone, or at least the option to leave the choice up to the player, yes. where you could just injure or knock out an opponent. As a published fiction writer, I wonder how Duke would approach death and murder on the printed page. I'm, well, I'm assuming you, you've covered some of those in your yeah, short stories. That's right. Care services, yo. Yeah. Would he feel the need to justify the death murder and give the reader some context or cur or not about the person dying before their literary eyes? Sorry, Duke, I haven't bought your book yet. Buy my book. Buy my book. Yeah. Uh, I hope next-gen publishers aren't going to let the new shiny graphics dazzle us and forget that some games appreciate a bit of story and substance as well. So before we move on to the end, so... Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. I've actually been thinking about this a little bit because we've been watching Game of Thrones, and there's some stuff in that show that's really disturbing, as it's supposed to be. Um, And there's a question about when cruelty from a character becomes gratuitous, right? When violence at all – and sometimes you have to show violence. And I'll connect this to cursing because, as you all know, because you've read it, there's a story I wrote called Respawn, which has cursing in it. Now, because I'm a high school English teacher, I can't be publishing stuff that has cursing, so I had to black it out in the story. And the, But the point is that the cursing had to be in that story because the characters would be cursing and telling the story without the cursing weakens the essence of the story that I'm telling because the story is about language, right? And that's my point. Game of Thrones is about cruel people doing nasty things and 
in some places, I think Game of Thrones does become gratuitous. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a bad show. It means that certain forms of violence that get shown on the screen, and not even necessarily physical violence, but forms of cruelty, are there just for the sake of shocking. You know, and we, we looked at that funny, what's, hey, Ash, what you playing video, where they're having you know, the fake meeting with Bobby Kotek, and it's like, box of puppies, and then you kill the puppies. Why? Shocking. It's just about trying to get people to be shocked. You know, in professional wrestling, they call it the pop. you got to get people to be like, oh, my God. Now, that in and of itself is not a worthwhile story element. Oh, my God. It can be a thing that's useful for a movie maker or TV, whatever. But generally speaking, in fiction writing, it doesn't work. So the question of video games it, it's sort of in between because I think that there is a place for nastiness and showing violence and cruelty, but I think in order for it to be a really worthwhile thing to have in a game, we have to know the characters, we have to care about the characters, and there have to be some sort of meaningful story consequences, not necessarily for the character. I'm not trying to enforce some morality code. What I am trying to say is that it needs to be connected. It has to be there for a purpose. And I think a lot of game developers don't bother with the purpose. Instead, they just say, we'll be cruel for the sake of shocking or for the sake of cruel or for the sake of making people go, oh my god. Yeah, and I think as well. I mean, I guess the the one of the biggest examples of that was in Modern Warfare 2 with the no Russian, wasn't yep. it? You know, and that felt like a yeah, like a publicity stunt. You know, going through the airport, giving you the option to kill innocent civilians like, and things. Think you could possibly. I would love to hear someone try. What justification is there for that? There is none. Not in the story mode. This is the most no, terrorist in the world. Why can't you kill him then? Yeah, exactly. And that was the biggest issue with it, ridiculous. wasn't it? The whole thing's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think also one of one of the things for me is, I think a lot of game developers are, are obviously trying to appeal to the lowest denominator. I mean, not in the nicest possible way. But I know, I know, I'm trying to be very careful. I'll choose my words here, but. A lot of developers, you know, don't seem to be able to think, you know, there are a few. The Walking Dead's an example of that where it isn't all about, you know, killing lots of people during the game. And it's still entertaining. Sure. And I think the biggest challenge they're going to face in season two is how to avoid the temptation to go for, oh, man, you you know, like on The Simpsons when Ron Howard is like, he has a crushing choice to make about whether his best friend lives or dies. Because at a certain point, you know, putting you in those impossible choices just becomes dull. It just becomes the same thing over and over again. They have to try to, you know, the best thing Walking Dead ever did was make us connect with the characters. And you can do characters indefinitely. Just got to keep coming up with good characters. So that's where they need to go with season two. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, another great example, you know, talking of, of books and things is, I think, I think what they need to start doing is making you care about the character, and then also making you feel like no one's safe, and that's when you start getting more of an emotional response. You know, if you, you know, if you look at something like Harry Potter, for instance, you know, reading, and I've read all of those books with my daughter, yeah. but you never knew who was safe. Yeah. You know, well, you never knew who was going to make it to the end of the story. Sure. I mean, it's all a matter of, um, you know, oh, they took it off. Damn it. Egghead likes his bookie book. Whatever. Um, <laughs> my point is that it's, yeah, I mean, Stephen King said the, the best way to tell a story is to put a character in a insane situation and 
watch them try to escape it. And I think that's what Harry Potter does well. I think that's, you know, Shakespearean characters are doing that really well. And it can be a question of safety, but there are lots of other ways to do it as well, I think. The other thing I wanted to say real quick, which is what I was going to say earlier, but Stu's told me to wait, and it's not related to what we just said, but I'm going to say it now anyway. Um, Jonathan Blow and other artists, let me say this, because this sort of relates to violence as well. People might say, oh, you just didn't get the point in Modern Warfare 2. Fine. And this relates to Jonathan Blow. If people don't get your point, make your point more clearly. Okay. In some cases, when people don't get your point, it's the fault of the reader or the audience because they're not trying hard enough. They don't have the cultural context. They don't. They aren't working to understand the depth of your creativity. But you know what? If no one gets your point, the fault is with the artist. Okay. And I'm gonna say that. If I had, if everybody who read Agoraphobia said to me, "I just don't get it. It's just confusing and weird," then I would be like, "Okay, I'm not telling the story well." Because that's kind of what the Duchess said when she read it for the first time, and I had to change the story to make it more clear. There is a responsibility the artist has to make their work clear. Not completely. Some of the best art in the world, of course, is confusing and perplexing. But if it's totally opaque and the readers, no readers can ever connect with it at all, and that's what Jonathan Blow is complaining about. People just didn't get it. It's your fault as the artist. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just going back to more recent games you know that we really enjoyed you know like the last of us is a great example i wouldn't know but but it still fully relies on you murdering and killing lots and lots of enemies you know and spoilers thanks a lot well yeah but but i i I did feel like if that game would have allowed uh the stealth mechanic to work a little bit better to allow you to sneak past the human enemies and stuff rather than having to have combat with them all it would have probably benefited from that, and having fewer of them, so it was a bit more cat and mouse. Well, there's always things that can be improved about a game, but my point is that there are yeah. certain tipping points where you you have to recognize that you've done something badly as a designer. And I'll, I don't think it fall- fits that description. I think that no, 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 and I don't think it's necessarily badly designed. But I'm also look, we're, we're never going to get to a point where we're sort of. They need to find better ways of telling stories in games with interactivity without relying totally on you killing lots of adversaries. Oh, sure. And there are games that do that. They're few and far between, but they do it well. Yeah, Portal. Portal 2 are great examples of game. You know, where you're not killing... I mean, what what's your thoughts on this, Jim? I knew you'd ask me that. Of course. John, yeah. lots of, I love doing it. Megaton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chidi doesn't care oh, about Key. Kill, kill, kill the better. Kill, kill, kill. No. Murder, murder, murder. Kill, yep. kill. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what song that was, dude. Brother Ali. There, it's it's a reference to a Nas song, but I like the Brother Ali one. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So <laughs> sorry, I, I've heard it somewhere else. Um. Yes. I enjoy killing people. You're painting with me <gasps> with a broad brush. Broad Genie. brush. There. Um, I forgot what the main point was, to be honest. I've just got distracted. Well, he's, he's sort of saying, you know, video games currently rely on killing lots of human adversaries. That's true. To That's why zombies are so cool. So he's saying, how can, you know, will the PS4, 
Xbox One still, well, game developers still follow the exact same template for, you know, what we class as AAA games and just still go for the first person, third person shooter and you'll still, the main way of driving the story forward is just by killing lots of people to get to the next level, I yeah, guess. that will be the main way. People, you know, that, that's why Nazis were so popular as an enemy because they're just easy to kill. You know, you don't really feel bad. Who feels bad about killing a Nazi? Nazis, exactly. All right, so... <laughs> And then, like, it kind of moved over to zombies because zombies are just, like, the perfect enemy. That's why there's so many ghouls in Fallout 3 because they're the perfect enemy as well. Um, you know, and he, this excuse to kill. Like, we need an excuse to kill in games. And why I love Portal so much is because you never come across an enemy once. You don't kill anything. Um, well, you, you know, well, you don't kill anybody, let's say that. And, you, you know, I just think the, the, the a big problem with games is, like, they have to find these, like, big gap in the story where they just turn their characters into mass murderers like that's just a yeah i mean interestingly i mean if you if you think back to the original tomb raider there were very few humans yeah there's more more animals than than very few it's mainly sort of tigers and lions that attack you and which which you would expect in you know baboons you know things of that which the game starts off with you killing wolves and like you just see like yeah in in, well in the first tomb raid it was like a guide it was like this old man guide in the anniversary edition it was um it seemed to be kind of like a love interest for some reason um but no sorry in the original it was a love interest in the remake it was like a guide um yeah uh, and, and you just saw that person get maimed by wolves. So that was kind of like a little bit of a justification to why you should kill the next load of wolves that are going to attack you. Um, I mean, the, you do come across some people in, in the first Tomb Raider, but... You do, not very, very many, often, yeah. though. I remember it being quite a shock yeah. when you saw you another, see another person. You're like, okay, what the hell? Um, yeah, well, they're, they're going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, and I'd like to see that come back, you know what I mean? I like the isolation of, of the first Tomb Raider, and I, I like the isolation of of other games. I, I'm, I can't think of some off the top of my head. I mean, but... do you think do you think the most recent Tomb Raider would have benefited from having less human adversaries in it and just rely more on puzzle solving and isolation? Um, I, I, I think the last Tomb Raider... I think it needed some enemies. I mean, the combat was a massive part of it. Um, but I think that's the trouble, isn't it? Because a lot of modern games seem to be totally focused on combat and, yeah. and not always everything Yeah, else. I mean, when you think about it, Fallout 3, like, the combat is is usually something that you dread in, yeah, you're trying uh, to avoid you, it. If anything, you you would you would try and if you see somebody, you would see if they're if they're friendly first, you know. And as soon as they pop up red, you know, you, you just kind of go right, okay. But Fallout Three isn't a, a game where you seek out combat, you know. And the, the ghouls exist in Fallout Three, uh, and they're they're placed for a bit of tension. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they exist in they're the. They're not other. all evil, which is an interesting thing about Fallout. Yeah. That's it. They're not, they're not all evil. There's some that are so far gone that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Same is true about humans, man. Yeah, and I, I think The Last of Us is a, is a good example of that as well, where you know you've got you kind of zombie type characters in there. Um, I haven't had to play it. And then you got you got the humans, and it's the humans that are more dangerous, really. The clickers. You know, they can't really see you. They are dangerous. They they are lethal when they get you. But the humans are the ones that are harder to judge. They're the ones with a different... They have slightly more sick, twisted intentions for you. Whereas 
the zombies slash clickers just want to just kill you, you know? Whereas the humans... That's the end song for The Last of Us, which really takes you out of the moment, I feel. <laughs> I should use Brother Ali in more video games. Yeah. So anyway, thank you very much. That was, you know, good discussion point, I guess. But we've got to wait. <laughs> My favourite phrase, we'll have to wait and see. And I think we will keep getting those games that are better. But even the best games this year still use, you know, violence and, and obviously killing baddies as, as the main way of moving the game forward. You know, that's the main thing to be doing. Uh, but it's not always going to be like that. I think, you know, things will change. And, and more of those types of games, you, you really do find on, like, the indie game, you know, independent game makers make stuff that doesn't necessarily follow that template. But on the mainstream, unfortunately, they, you know, their primary target is to sell as many copies of that game as possible. And if they feel they need to have all that shooting in it, etc., and violence, because that's what will sell the game for them, that's what they're going to do. That's what they will do. Uh, to finish off, he said, here's a, a bit of a spooky Twilight Zone moment for you. On last week's show, uh, just as Stu was talking about the 39 Steps game, I was sorting through my old DVD collection. Yes, you've guessed it. Just as Stu mentioned the game, I had the DVD of the original version in my hand. So I had the 39 Steps film in his hand as I was talking about it. It's cool. Uh, to finish on the last note, I got to thinking about family-friendly games that could possibly be made into more attractive uh, to adult gamers, in other words, video game mashups. How about Pokemon Ageddon, uh, where each team have to fight to the death in outlandishly violent video uh, vehicle clashes. Uh, the winning team gets to keep the exclusive vehicles used by the other team. Uh, Animal Vice City Crossing, where bells are earned by opening a massage parlor, strip clubs, casinos, and crack dens. And Super Mafio Brothers, where Mario oversees the building of a citywide crime empire and Luigi acts as the gang's head enforcer. <laughs> uh, peace, love and biscuits, Derek. So thank you for that. Nice. Uh, and that's it for email. So all that's left to do. So thank you very much to everybody who emailed in. And keep on coming to a podcast at veterangamers.co.uk. There you go. I remembered it first Oh, yeah. Uh, and give us some iTunes reviews. You haven't have any of those for a while, so get one of those up. You haven't done a review for us in the UK, America, Australia, Canada, wherever get you listen. Fucker. Put them up, because I, I check them all, uh, and get us a review up. So thank you very much for that, if you do one, in advance. Uh, let's do some shout-outs. Get the hell out of here. So over to you first, Duke. It's time for a Colbert Report shout-out. Hey! I will shout-out DJ Skullduggar again. Thank you for the mixes. Uh... Mr. Barry Scott is a new member on our site. Mr. Barry, Mr. Scott, I'll play that sound clip someday. Uh, Lambie85, he had to register for the forums in order to give away his free code. So thank you for doing that. And he bought my book. So thank you for buying my book. Buying buy, my, buy my, buy book. my book. Buy my book. Um, yeah, who else do I got here? Natalie Fake, uh, she wants to buy my book. So thank you, Natalie. My, my yeah. book. Phil Olson offered some better quality Skyrim music. He, I had to explain how we do things here. I'm playing it off YouTube, going through Skype, sent through different exports on it. It's just a big mess. Thank you for the offer. No high quality music is going to make any difference. Uh, Richard Webster is a sad twat. Uh, he's three times Elder Scroll fanboys unite and fangirls. What? What? If you bought a Elder Scrolls game three times, you're a sad idiot. Join the club with me and Rich Webster. Uh, David Tripney shared some cool footage of the Elder Scrolls online. And you know what? I've been making fun of this game, but that footage made me kind of sit up and take notice because I think it looks kind of cool. 
And then Seth uh, tweeted some very nice words about the book. And the most recent Boss Wave actually has like a focus. I haven't listened to it yet, but they did like a special focus on the book. So thank you very much to him and everybody supporting the book. And if you haven't bought it yet, buy my book. Buy my book. Buy my book. Uh, Check out information at just-text.org. And uh, yeah, thank you everybody who sent me photos of you with the book. Or just the book on your bed or whatever. And uh, thanks to you, Chinny and Stu, for uh, making this podcast awesome and fun every week. And everybody who listens. Oh. And by the way, we, by the way, we bought your yes, book. Thank you for buying my book. <laughs> Buy my book. Right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat <gasps> because Chinny put up a, a little tweet, so I'm gonna read some of these out. <laughs> anyway, Greg DeLacy says, "Go fish." Regarding Phil Fishy's departure. Matt Weston says his real name is Phil F-I-L-L. Bongo the Saint said, I don't mind fish, but I couldn't eat a whole one. (laughs) And then he follows it up with, I do feel a little sorry for him, but many an indie uh, would give their left nut for his success and time and spotlight. There you go. Pete Gibbons said, I think he's a clever creative guy criticized because he's not perfect. And Sibler says, or Sibler says, what? What? That's, uh, what? There you go. Oh, that's from Chidi's. Uh, we're wrapping up the show, people. Thanks for the love. And he went, what? Uh, and the only other thing I like to shout out is a film available on Netflix. So if you have Netflix on any sort of service, get the film The Raid. It is brilliant. That's all I'm saying. So if you've got Netflix, watch The Raid. It is amazing. It's an Indonesian film by a Welsh director, and it is crazy. I like Indonesian films, although I've never seen It's life. brilliant. Honestly, if you want to watch a great film, watch The Raid. It's fantastic. And it's crazy, over-the-top violence, lots of choppy-socky fighting. It's just awesome. There you go. That's it for me. Chinny, over to you. Yeah, I want to shout out everybody who have uh, been replying to my Facebook posts and tweets. <laughs> I was on Facebook. Well, I did on Facebook, oh, and it went on Twitter, so... Um, because uh, I've been doing well. them, and Stu has been taking my credit. I stole your thunder. Um, sorry, I just looked at a meme that I made, like for the Veteran Gamers Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Disaster Girl. You aware of this meme? Um, <laughs> oh yes, the one where you said yeah. Millie. Millie, because yeah, yeah, it's a little girl looking at the camera while there's a house yeah. burning behind oh, yeah. her. And it says, he tried to beat me on Super Hexagon HD. No, I've beaten yeah, you yeah. in life. Um, That's brilliant. Really so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Who's best one ever, really? Um, <laughs> who else should I shout out? Andrew Gould. Well, there is, there, is some, there is some comments on the Facebook about Phil Fish, if you want to read yeah, some of those. Yeah, I though. should do, should I? Because your missus is... Uh, on the Facebook. I want to be my bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a great way to make friends. Yeah. So when this page fucking loads up, I said uh, we're talking Phil Fish opinions. Uh, Matt Weston, who doesn't know anything about games, uh, says I can't believe he stopped. I mean, now what for games? Plenty more fish in the sea, though. Uh, Ian Williams, grow some balls. Hmm, fish balls. Uh, Richard Churchman said after listening to him answer a question from a Japanese indie developer about Japanese games I realised that the guy is a grade A <laughs> cock uh, 
which is why he's out of... I mean, those are the sort of comments that made him leave the video game Chris industry. Harrison said he seems like a bit of a recluse uh, who was thrust into the public eye and couldn't stand criticism. The whole instance with the Marcus Beer was such an overreaction. Beer was expressing his opinion. Ba- brash as it was, he's entitled to it. To react the way Fish did and say the things he did was uncalled for. It was also just seemed like he was looking for a reason to cancel Fez 2 and leave the industry. Tahara Mattis says he should try meditation or yoga. Also, I quite, I quite like his uh, grown beard. Um, Stuart Leckie, douchebag. Let's not waste any more time on him, please. Fair Andrew enough. Gould, let's let's waste some more time on him. Uh, yeah, I was going to say you've got to Andrew stop Andrew Gould, uh, <laughs> Phil Fish, misunderstood. Uh, so we've got a defender of the fishinator. Uh, Chris Williams, also known from the bo- 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 um, I agree with Rick. He's a complete dick. He says arsehole, but like, I wanted to rhyme it. Um, but it was good having fun with him uh, for an all-round crack. Right. Uh, Nick Abart says, I think he should be slapped with a wet fish. Ha. Uh, this is Marshall, fish. Peter Marshall says, it's a shame. He quit. Uh, but he wasn't prepared for the internets uh, and someone as expert as outspoken as him should be more aware of the reactions his opinions would garner. So thanks for everybody on the Facebooks replying and shit. Thank you very much. I'm making a pixel version of <laughs> Beat that, you Facebook comment junkies. While I've been doing the show tonight, I've been making pixel versions of me, you, and Duke. Uh, just... Brilliant. Just for fun. I've never made pixel art before, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I would love to see that. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, oh, by the way, um, yes, thank you for the condescending comments you've been putting on Facebook about me without my knowledge, as well, always. That's what I'm <laughs> I'm not using Facebook. I, I do use Facebook, but he puts it on our Facebook veteran gamers feed for me to see eventually. Uh, and that's about it? it, so we do need to oh, get no, you didn't. No, uh, yeah, because I don't delete stuff. I, you know, I just take it on the chin. Him I, and if he's not going to delete it, are you yeah, like exactly. Phil Fish? I can kick off and leave the show. I can take I'm it like Phil Fish. Um, I'm quitting it forever. I put, I put, hey, folks, we're recording a podcast right now at the start of the show two hours ago. Uh, I'm going to be updating the Facebook feed whenever Stu says something stupid, so I'll be posting a lot. People, we need some Twitters so, and some iTunes reviews because I haven't played these tunes in forever. These. Th- well, we've had loads of comments on this, but we're not going to read those oh, out you, as well. We're just gonna I hate show. you, Stuart, for not letting me play these two awesome themes. That was not my fault people don't leave iTunes reviews. If they did, oh, I, I would have you know, loved them. But you won't let me. Sure. Right, we need to go. So, uh, yeah, on that Should've... note, because we're, look, we're stretching it out now. We need to go. <laughs> so see you all yeah. later another <laughs> site you should check out which is called vghub.net and on there you find a bunch of links to other video game podcasts similar in vein to ours but different in the way they're uh, delivered some have all kinds of sound effects are for old people. some talk yeah. about Too RPGs many, people say. Come on, yeah. some might say that no, no one says that and of course you have links to you know great forums you don't have any other friends so check it out vghub.net it is a great starting point for your podcast discovery Something less boring instead.
Ja, se. Yeah. Another show in the bag, in the can, yeah. in the trailer, in the pot. In the, tra- in the, in the trailer. In the trailer. In the trailer. By the way, Duke, I forgot to mention there was one bit of news that you might be excited oh, about. Tell me, is it about the Elder Scrolls Online? Because that's the only news I care about. No, but it is about the Elder Scrolls. Uh, what? Are you ready? All of the Elder Scrolls games ever made all in one box. So there's an Elder Scrolls anthology here. Why would I care about that? <laughs> uh, Sorry. Oh, because he sells Scrolls related. You like a lot. Yeah, but I already have it. In fact, I've bought Skyrim three times. So I don't really need to buy it again, do I? But this has got Morrowind and everything. If I was going to buy Morrowind, I would have bought it when it was on sale on Steam, which I didn't. Yeah, have you you ever tried playing it? No, but there's graphics updates. And people say, I mean, whatever. People say, I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, Deadly Premonition's the best game ever made. But. It is the best I don't game really ever made. I really believe that. Movie. That's what I'm saying, though. Oh, no, it really is the best mate, best game right, ever I'm made. I'm not talking to you anymore because you're. I really believe it's the best game ever made. So I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly what a troll sounds like right there. What you just did. Laugh. <laughs> 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 uh, good night, Duke. What? Sleep tight. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, I guess oh, we're done I'm then. Still. <laughs> Love you, dude. I think we are done. <laughs> love you, Jim. We it's love you. Stuff the- we, we love everybody. Yep. Cheers. Bye, bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. And that's for all you out there as well. Bye, bye. Good night, everyone. Good night. If you're listening to us in your bed, then sleep Have tight. Bye.